let's go up to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled for one episode and is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Outside, we couldn't see it from our vantage point. fans and welcome to episode number 31 of our vantage point the retro wrestling podcast it is season four and it is may 15th 2017 i am joe Murata. alongside me the birthday boy michael quinn how you doing quinn howdy birthday duty <laughs> happy birthday to you man 31 Mike. for our 31st wow happy birthday to you Happy birthday to you. We didn't plan this, did we? We is did this, not. Is this real right this now? This is real. How does it feel to be 31, Quinn? Uh, it feels like a day where I'm 31. Uh, <laughs> not much different than 30, Not is much it? different. There's just a one in front of the 30. Um, <laughs> yeah, 301. Yeah. 301 it, it, years like old. nothing has changed. Nothing really has changed, Quinn. Nothing's changed. We're still doing this podcast. <laughs> However, a good thing. there is one thing that's changed. What has changed, Michael? These microphones. What is that? Uh, we got these Shure SM7B microphones for my B day. Your B day. My that's right. My house that I live with, yes. including you, including me. Um, I had to get one for myself, of course. So a right. big thank you to my so, wife for allowing me to. <laughs> big thank you to my birthday for Joe to yes. get the mic. So. Of course, Quinn. You know this is the OVP family here. We're a part yeah. of, and folks, we want to thank you for tuning in. You know that's what they do, right? They tune in. I guess they they <laughs> hit the play button. <laughs> WrestleMania play button. Yeah, they hit the play button. We want to thank you for joining us for season four premiere. Yeah. We have a slightly tweaked format, which we'll get to in a second. But as always, we want to remind you, you can reach us on Twitter at OVP podcast and you can email us at OVP podcast at gmail.com. That is OVP podcast at gmail.com. Quinn, we love hearing from our fans. Yeah, we love to hear from them. Um, there's a various cornucopia. Oh, a cornucopia this time. Of places <laughs> that they can get our podcast. Like what? Apple iTunes. Apple, Apple Mute, iTunes. Apple iTunes <laughs> podcast. Yeah, um, the, the switch from uh, iTunes to Apple podcast right. is still a hard thing to get used to. Yes, but we like to hear from you, the fans, over there. We do. On the reviews section. Keep so leaving those reviews. If you like this show. You yep. can leave a review over there, and of course, you can always get the show over there, too, because that's, that's right. a place where you can get it. That's right. Uh, where else can they find us, Quinn? They can find us on Google Play Music, the mm -hmm. Stitcher, yeah. the Blueberry, yeah. Otis Radio now. Yeah, Otis <laughs> Radio. What is that? I don't know, but we're on it. Yeah, you can go to otisradio.radio or whatever it is. Now, do we have a MySpace yet? No, we don't. I know it's season four, but I... <laughs> I, not happening it's still it's still in the works okay maybe. i don't right. know yeah, that probably means not in the works but <sighs> that stinks you know yeah i know we have a lot of demand for this myspace yeah we do <laughs> and there's definitely other places they can get us one of those places quinn is the place to be nation yes. <laughs> place to be nation.com some great wrestling podcasts there we're a part of that family you've got some good stuff clotheslines and headlines the main event and of course quinn your personal favorite the place to be podcast yeah it's the main podcast over there and they got the uh they talk about the old wrestling just like us but a specific time period mm -hmm. 1985 now they're in 1986 that's right they as are. a season four of our show that's correct yes and one thing we also need to mention 
is one of our very good fans, a big friend of the show, Justin Hand. Yes. His birthday was last week, uh, for our 30th, actually, yeah. uh, May 8th. So happy 35th birthday to Justin Hand, one of the super fans. One of the super fans. We're going to have to get the, the Google schedule of everybody <laughs> who is a super fan and loves this show. That's right. We'll have we'll have your birthday set, and it hits on the alarm clock. That's and it's right. like, oh, it's you know Marty's birthday, or, like, <laughs> Marty, uh, yep. or uh, Richard, Richard Land's Land. birthday. Sure. or something like that and we'll have to give you the shout outs we will Although, there there's some time travel involved with this podcast so you know if there's delays or whatever we're um, live what are you talking about but exactly well that's the time travel <laughs> portion is that we're we're doing this at one time and we appear in another right oh right yes yes of so. course of course quinn what do we have going on on our youtube channel oh the youtube channel is hot right now actually um it's we've got our championship wrestling from 1982, our live reviews. That's correct. And actually, we revamped the studio a little bit so that... Yes, um, you can check it especially out on YouTube. With, yeah, especially with the new microphones, how that's going to look for you fans. It should look similar, but... Um, similar, but better. Yeah. All right. Well, Quinn, we're here for season four, episode number 31. Yeah. And we have a slightly tweaked format, right? Like I mentioned. Yeah. So the what do you think of is get, kind of getting transformed this season yeah. into something we're calling, folks, the deep dive. Yes. So if you notice the last couple of you know episodes, actually the last maybe two seasons worth of what do you think of, we started doing some bigger names. Yes. We focused on guys like your Ric Flair, your Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. You and know, that was kind like of that. organic. And that I, was organic. And I think a lot of that comes from comments that people leave on OVP podcast.com yes um you know asking for requests and things like that so right. i think we we headed towards that direction we did so this time around for this season at least we're gonna get into maybe some more minute specialized trivial under the radar type things right you know, different type of discussion and i have the privilege of having the first deep dive pick oh do you I do. So here's what we're going to dive to, Quinn. Yeah. I want to talk today about the various outfits and looks of Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, that's hyper-specific. <laughs> it is, isn't it? Ha! Huh. And that's what we're here to do. So, Quinn, obviously, Randy Savage was known for his colorful attire. Yes, he was. His very different looks, but he, he changed it a lot over, what, 15 years? The character maybe? definitely changed. That's a very true statement. And, I, you know, like, I always think of him starting out... You know, he had the typical, the, the small trunks and, yep. the, and you know, the knee pads and the, and boots. the boots, blah, blah, blah. But did you ever notice when he first started, he had a more Asian flair to his uh, attire? I did not notice that. So what do you mean by that? Uh, and Gorilla would remark on it all the did time he? about how his, his robes had a more um, oriental flair, as he would say. But Now, he used to have some of the sticks in his cape, right? Right. Remember yeah. that? No, it was it was definitely like a Japanese look to it or something. Okay. And, and I think that was intentional and a, a bit of Chinese to it and, okay. you know, international flair, if you will. What would you say was your favorite overall Macho Man look? Because he had a lot of them. Oh, well, the, you know what the best version is? It's basically that? when... All those outfits from WrestleMania 4, and, like, to me, that's, like, the typical, like, that's the Macho Man, right? Like The, the first Hasbro action figure version. Right, basically, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that, the way he looks there. With the orange but tights, that's, the that's, yellow knee yeah, pads. Yeah, but that's the way he looks at WrestleMania 4, really. Yes, he does. The, the orange, or the yellow boots. Yes. Yes, and now, all that. What did you think of his king attire? Because he did change it up a bit. He had the weird crown, and he had, like, this, like, weird, it wasn't even a robe. It was almost like, like a winged arm. <laughs> Well, suit. okay, so his whole, the whole king thing, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Now, that started off good. 
Like, did. I, I thought he looked awesome. He mm-hmm. looked like a badass. And another thing with that is that I think Miss Elizabeth and Sherry play into this, how he looks. Absolutely. And Sherry, of course, really... The evil twin of Miss Elizabeth. The evil twin of Miss Elizabeth really, um, <laughs> she turned it up a notch and you know, helped Mach look good. Yeah, Mach. You know, she would she would dress like a queen, right? Yes. And, and you know, that went with his king thing. Yes. But um, it was more a lot more neon, a lot more flashy. There I know was... he had a really badass robe, the one that was like gold with the st- black stripes. Yes. That was pretty that cool. That was a really good one. He also had like a duster for a while. It was just like a Terry Funk duster duster yeah like a nylon like well, pullover here's the thing with the king deal is that okay so that starts off where he's got the like at first he's got the short regular he's macho man right yes he's got the short normal tights but then he adopts this i'm gonna wear the pants now <laughs> after like around wrestlemania six ish yeah it was early 90 right switch to the pants which i didn't like with the pants i'm okay with the pants you're okay with the pants it's once that shirt blouse comes into play now that's later 90 yeah. yes but that's part of the king. That starts to happen with the king. He's still the king. He's still the king. He's the king until WrestleMania 7. And also, what I don't like is also that starts to develop is now he's a cowboy king. King, cowboy, the third. And I don't understand that. I'm glad you brought that up, Quinn, because to me, as good a wrestler as Randy Savage was, and he, yeah. he's like our, one of our favorites for both of us yeah. folks, that fucking cowboy hat yeah. made him look ridiculous. Now, okay. I don't understand why when he was a king, he became a cowboy. Is, is like, there, while he was still the king. Right. Was there, like, some... I'm trying to think of, like, was there, like, a movie or something out <laughs> no. where, like, kings had cowboy hats on? Of some what kind? movie? City Slicker? I no, don't that know. was 91. I, I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. And now he's got the tassels on his, his cowboy his, like, leather jacket, jacket that's yeah. white. <laughs> it's so weird, and I give him credit for constantly changing his look. Of course, yeah. There's nothing bad about that that's my least favorite version of the cowboy hat the shirt yeah sometimes when he was a face he had like a really stupid feather in his cap okay, so literally. the feather the feather now if we're gonna delve into the feather that comes from the wedding because that's when he originally had the feather and then he started like keeping the feather it got bigger and more absurd though i've seen it like two feet high well you know when you win titles you have a feather in your cap so <laughs> I, I don't know what else to say there. He, he had a feather in his cap, literally. Now, you know what attire is really good? There's two I can think of, and you'll probably agree. Okay. Of that era. Right. His WrestleMania 7 attire is awesome. Yeah, it's good. Well, that's also because he takes the shirt off he halfway does. through the match. He and does take the shirt off. He's like, like, fuck this. That's the thing. Okay, so there is something to be said about the fact that, for whatever reason, Vince had a problem, or somebody had a problem with him wearing not, not a, shirt. a shirt. Yes. Yeah. Why? Like why? Like he didn't. He never like looked out of shape or fat or anything. No, like no, I don't didn't. understand. I don't know. I mean, by the time he hit WCW in '94, he wasn't wearing a shirt. The number one wrestler in the universe is the Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. He had the long no, tights. the shirt was completely gone. Now, when he got to WCW, though, the attire, if we're just strictly talking about the attire with this deep dive. Yes, we are. Now he's wearing entirely, like, an excessive amount of tassel stuff. Like There was a lot of tassel. Like, I remember this one outfit, and it was very, like, Slim Jimmy. Like, it was, like, the <laughs> Slim Jim Mega Powers colors. Slim Jimmy. There's, like, a crisscross of tassels up his, like, pants. <laughs> Only you would remember this. And uh, no, and his boots have tassels. <laughs> and his jacket has tassels. He was very tasseled There's up, tassels I guess. tassels everywhere. 
Right. And now, you know, of course, the cowboy hat's kind of just ubiquitous at this point. It's Very just, good word, Yeah, it, it, it never goes away. 31 years old yeah, and you're using 30, words like that? You know, I'm learning. It's a very big 31 deal. years old and I'm talking about Macho Man's clothes <laughs> on a podcast for 15 minutes. And you know who appreciates it? Our fans. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Folks, let us know, by the way, what do you, what's your favorite Macho Man look? Yeah. Let us know. Of course. happy to hear and from you. Maybe there's another Macho Man look well, that you like or like that we didn't mention. Yeah, but sure. I mean, of course, there's going to be more. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. And you know where you can leave those? Go ahead, Quinn. The Facebook. Yes. We, we forgot f- to mention that. We forgot that. to mention that. Facebook group. Yeah, we do have a Facebook group. And it's a very good one. Yeah. So you should go to it. Yeah, and talk and talk about it there. But besides a cheap plug, what, what's <laughs> next on the Macho Man agenda? Well, his for NWO his- attire. That hmm. was awesome. I like okay. the way he he looked mm. to me. You didn't. Oh, okay. Uh oh. Okay. Go Here, ahead. Here's Quinn. my problem. I liked it. it, but let's hear what you have to say. He's hat. He's basically still <laughs> just the Slim Jimmy Tassel City attire. In However, all black in black and white. But do-rag. now he's only wearing a do rag. No hat. No more. So much better. Classic Macho Man do rag version. Well, here's the thing: is what? when he wore the do rag, if yeah. he didn't wear the sunglasses, he looked like shit. <laughs> You like mean it, ever? Yeah. Like forever? Only like, well, sometimes he would have the sunglasses, sometimes he wouldn't. So it made him look like an alien or something <laughs> when, he didn't, when he didn't have his sunglasses Black, on. Because his neck was all stretched or it something? It looked like his neck was like merged into his body, like into his, his like, shirt. It says like arms or something, yeah. <laughs> you know, speaking of <laughs> Mr. <his> Big Head. <laughs> speaking uh, of his sunglasses, how the hell did he see out of some of those mid-90s ones? I don't know. Some of them were like, had paint on them. Yeah. Like, you literally couldn't see. Right. You know, before we get into the final era of Macho Man, yes. I know we had briefly talked about Sherry and Miss Elizabeth, but we so yeah. focused on, like, Sherry a little bit. Yeah. Do you think Miss Elizabeth was always a good, like, foil attire-wise? Like, did she, like, oh, yeah. did she, like go along with him? Yeah, especially like, at four. Remember, she matched him the right. whole show. But I'm saying throughout the entire run. I know the classic picture of Miss Elizabeth in the white, white. after he wins the belt. It's the best version. Not the of one both where he lifts her up, but remember they took like these like glamour shots or something. Yeah, when together, he first had the belt, she's on like that chair. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I don't know about the chair. There's like she's on like a chair, like they're in like a white room, and the Macho Man's what? got. Yeah, you've never seen this before. I, I don't know. It's basically like they're just trying to make Miss Elizabeth look sexy, but it's also like Macho Man's like champion shot pictures, like his original like. You know, how they always take a picture when you win the title. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about the whole chair thing, Quinn. No. <laughs> but I do know that my favorite version of Savage's attire is that era. That's the WrestleMania sure. 4-ish it era. It really is. Yeah. The, the version of him with the short tights that say Macho Man on the back, yeah, that's good. the best. I didn't ever like it when he started wearing the stupid shirt and the pants and everything. Yeah. He didn't need to wear pants. <sighs> I don't know. What was like, his legs looked bad, too? <laughs> like, what was the reasoning there? Vince just, like, hated his body for some <laughs> like, reason. Slow, if, if Savage would have stayed there until 96, he would have been wearing, like, a full body suit. Yeah, it would have been rate. Giant Gonzalez. Like, yeah. Seriously. I always thought this might not be true and it probably definitely is not true. What? But that part of the reason Macho Man left is because Vince kept making him like wear more clothes. <laughs> no. I mean, because notice he, as soon as he goes to WCW, he's back to like what he wants to wear. Like, well, you're not going to tell me how to look, brother. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think it is a reflection of Vince thinking that Savage was old. Yeah. I do. Now, how 
old was Savage when he left? 42. That's kind of old. It's not young. It's not young. Let's be honest here. But I mean, he still had a couple years left in him, as was shown in WCW. So his last year as Quinn in WCW in 99. Very drastic change in attire. The mesh, like, nipple shirt or something? Like, what was that Now his hair's in, like, a ponytail. And slick. Yeah. And what up, black pants and stuff? Yeah, what did you think of that? You liked it, I thought. I thought he looked like a badass, but I mean, in a 90s way, because he had boas on and, like... (laughs) Like, I don't know. I dug it, and, like, sometimes, no pun intended, but <laughs> he also looked like, I don't know if it's true. Maybe he just greased himself up, but he looked more roided out or something. Oh, I think he roided, yeah. Yeah, he looked, re- like, he looked like Big Papa Dump or he something. He looked like, like he was, like, 300 pounds. Yeah, he looked ridiculous. And also, he had, again, if you're talking attire, now he had three girls with him. Yes, he did. They were he, Team Madness, now, right? Now, what was interesting about this this attire situation was they were all different kind of girls, and it was, like, almost like they were pieces of his career, if you thought about it. it Let's was explain like, that, Quinn. That's, that's like, astute of you. Yeah, you had um, uh, Molly Holly. Molly Holly was like the Elizabeth, right? The, Miss Elizabeth, right? Yeah, uh, Miss Madness. One. Miss Madness. Yeah, the pure and the, one. And the gloves and the gowns yep. and the thing and the stuff. The glamorous one. Yeah. And then you got um, Medusa. Medusa, who's like the hard rocker chick. I always thought that that was kind of more the Sherry because her hair was wild and like she had colors in it. And yeah. like uh, that was probably like a more Sherry kind of deal. Sherry-ish. And then you had Gorgeous George, which was supposed to be like the modern, like Macho Man Girl, right? Yes, like it's like Macho Man Girl for the nineties. Macho Man Girl for the nineties, right? So, she was like twenty-two. Yeah, <laughs> he was like forty-seven or something. She it's was weird. even in his music. What up, what up, Mach? Yeah. What up, Mach? So, yeah, unfortunately. So that was kind of cool, actually. Macho Man, you know, if you really think about it, he he was known for his attention to detail, and I yes, would he not. Was. Um, put it past him that that was actually like what I said was actually like what in his brain because you could tell he cared about like what what they were wearing and how everything looked like sure. how it looked on TV. You had to think that that must have been what he was going for, right? You never know with him. Like, I do know that his overall to, to close it out here. I yeah. mean, his outfits, his different distinct styles and eras of styles. I think that was cool, and it helped make him stand out. Unlike, yeah. and again, Hogan, for his part, wore the same thing for a long time, and that's fine, too. But the cool thing about Savage is you never knew what he was going to wear on any given show. Yeah, he, he was, was always, always wild. Change. Yeah, like Rey Mysterio was later, yeah. and, and guys like that. It was yeah. cool to have someone that, that was just like this little added element of their yeah. character. And his his look was like very iconic. It's like, like I remember his t-shirt had the sunglasses on it. Yes. Like his like ski goggles or I whatever. I have that shirt. I have, yeah. the, I have that Macho like Man that's shirt. Like that's how the look of Macho Man was really like exemplified is that people knew like even though you didn't know what to expect there was certain like touches like the ski goggles the, the, yes like those... i think this segment could probably be called the look of macho man or something i i like that yeah. actually so folks let us know your favorite macho man like quinn said you can do that on our facebook group yeah and maybe there's something we're missing like i don't even know what he wore in memphis or whatever or when he played baseball <laughs> like, he probably whatever. wore a baseball uniform yeah. when he played baseball i always wonder what his hair looked like then though it was, was it, shorter. Like, long no it was no, shorter, shorter. Okay, well, anyway. <laughs> so, folks, reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast and let us know as well, or you can go to our Facebook group or email us. And when we come back, Quinn's going to unveil Season 4's Mount Rushmore and Death Valley. Back after this. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. And action. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? Again, please. Again? Again. 
Oh, Ford? Yeah. Step into a Slim Jim. Ah! Turn to the spice. That baby juicy taste. Need a little excitement? Step into a Slim Jim. You're listening to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, the fastest growing weekly episodic retro wrestling audio podcast in the world. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Glad to be with you. This season four premiere, Monday, May 15th, 2017. Happy birthday, Michael Quinn. Why, thank you, sir. You're very welcome. Folks, Mount Rushmore and Death Valley is back. Don't worry about it. Not going anywhere. It's fan demand for this one, Quinn, is high. They don't want it to ever end. <laughs> I don't like, think so. I think Rushmore Death Valley is going to be like a staple on this show I, for quite a time. I think you're right. And folks, of course, you can let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley picks by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can, of course, email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, OVPPodcast.com, and leave a comment. Or you can go to, like Quinn mentioned earlier, our Facebook group. Yeah, you can go chat on there. Uh, we'll we, let you in. Yeah, we'll let you in. Yeah, basically, <laughs> that's worry. what I was going to say. It's like, there's a join button. You hit it, and then it pretty much like lets me know on my phone, like some and Joe, too. Like, yeah. oh, someone's going to join. So we just say yes. We so. let you in. So you can talk to people like Richard Land. Yeah. You can talk to people like Jimmy Borden. Yeah, you can talk to anybody, really. Mike Fireball. Yeah. They're on there. Mike Crockett. Mike Crockett. That's right. Yeah. Scott Keith is a member. I don't know if he's ever going to say anything. (laughs) But, you know, if you really want (laughs) to talk to Scotty, he's on there. He's on there. So, Quinn, you have the pick for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley for this season four premiere. What do you got? Well, this week for our first episode here of the season... I wanted to do a championship Mount Rushmore. Okay. But this is a very specific championship. Oh, God. I want to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of... Intercontinental Champions. Oh, good one. Yeah. Wow, way to bookend it, because we obviously ended season three with WWF World Champions. Right. Intercontinental. Yes. Is there any criteria here? Um, not really, just who you think the best ones are and who you think the worst are. Now, does it have to be a reign? I don't uh, care how long they were the champion. Okay. Because you know why? Why? With the Intercontinental title, it kind of switches up and things. A and, little bit more than the world and, title, and so, yeah. so, you know, if somebody, there's people that just, why were they the champion? Even if it was for like a minute or something. Like Fair enough. Like, so, you have I the get floor. the first pick, you have right? the floor, because this is my topic. Okay, so. all right. I'm going to give you one, and... It's going to be the Macho Man Randy Savage, speaking of him. Gorilla Monster in the locker room with the newly crowned Intercontinental Heavyweight the Champion. No champion. You, can't, you can't be too proud of yourself Ooh. with that kind of a victory. I am real proud. Yeah, definitely. You I think so? The Macho Man, to me, is the guy who legitimized the title. Okay. I know that there was champions like, you know... Pedro. Pat Patterson. And, Greg Valentine. You know, before. Tito. Yeah, yeah. So there was all these champions. Don Morocco. Don Morocco. But you know what? Ken Patera. Yeah. The man who really made it. Made it matter. Like, like made it matter and made it like a title that was sought after yes. was the Macho Man Randy Savage. I think that's true. I know that the the Valentine Santana feud was really good, but man, it did good business from my understanding. Did. But Savage and the Intercontinental title go hand in hand as far as I'm concerned. It was the first Intercontinental champion that I felt. And I, I understand there was some chasing involved with the other guys, but the Macho Man was champion for quite a time. 
like mm-hmm. for quite a while, really. Over a year. And people were really coming after him. You know? Yes, they were. Like the, the Animal Steel. George Animal Steel, Ricky notably. Steamboat. And of course, that led to that great, one of the greatest matches ever. Yeah, and I think even Jake the Snake. Yeah, uh, in 86 when extent. they were both heels, yeah. yeah. I would say that Savage defined the stereotype, I guess is the best word for it, of the Intercontinental title being the workers' title. You know how yeah. they always say that? Yeah. Not, and, and you know what's funny about that is is that I think a lot of that was punctuated because of his match with Steamboat. Correct. His reign itself, there's not a lot of like great matches. Outstanding matches. Yeah, yeah. No, there's not. But after that, people were like, well, the champion Macho Man lost his title in a great wrestling match, and that's what the Intercontinental title should be about. Right, and one thing about the Intercontinental title in the 80s and into the 90s yeah. is that you could main event a house show with it. Oh, yeah. It was like on the B-shows, they would just send the Intercontinental title over, right. and that would be the headline. Exactly. And, and it, to me, it did what the Intercontinental title was designed to do. It's like it was the first second-tier title they had. Right. And like it was designed to, like you know, you could just have feuds around it, and it was like its own division, really. Exactly. You know, like, and yeah. it was, here's what that is. And you know what also I liked about the Macho Man? What's that? Was the idea that the Intercontinental Champion is the number one contender to the world title by default. He would say that because he would be, he was a heel at the time, so he'd be up Hogan's ass. Hulk Hogan, what a mistake. Come with to see me in the Boston Gardens, yeah. Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion. I won the belt there. Now, I'm going after the WWF World Heavyweight Championship belt, and I guarantee victory, yeah, Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, I do. Yeah, when are you going to give me a shot? Like, right. Like, I'm the champion. What I, the hell? I love that underlying thing about how he was always after Hogan, even when he was the Intercontinental Champion. Right. He had a belt. He didn't need another belt. But, <laughs> but it's like, I'm better than Hulk Hogan. Yeah. yeah and I'm the number one contender. I'm the real champion. Yeah. Like, it was I, pretty good. I, I ha- look, at my, look at my belt. I have a, I have a belt. <laughs> I have a belt, too. Yeah. So who are you, Hulk Hogan? <laughs> well, Quinn, I mean, I really don't think we're going to find four better no. Than Randy Savage. So if you're okay with it. He's like the George Washington on this one. He is the George Washington. Should we put him on? Yeah, put him in. Let's put him in. I think that's fair. Yeah. Putting Savage on first, and it would be your pick, Michael. Well, if I was to think of Intercontinental Champions, you know, it's one that I always think of as far as like a top tier one. Let's see who. Brett the Hitman Hart. He, you know what? I I was thinking him too. Yeah. Why do you think that? Because he kind of did what he did with the world title, and th- this is what I went you know, the last episode. I was like, Brett's like a consummate champion, right? You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And like he did the same thing with the Intercontinental title, and by that, you know, making it like he's a real champion and he defends the title night in, night out. You know, he looks good with the belt. He did. And like you know, he like did. it's just like. To, to me, Bret Hart's like a real, real champion. He was a great Intercontinental champion, yeah. I thought. I really did. Yeah. I mean, he would defend against anybody. I remember he fought like Skinner, all sorts of people. Yeah, and his matches were always unique, too. He would fight big guys, technical guys, you know, like all sorts of things. Like Warlord, just, you know, yeah, Barbarian. Yeah, speedy guys. IRS. Yeah, you know. And think about some of the matches he had as or for the Intercontinental title. You've got Kurt Hennig. Right. You've got Roddy Piper. Mm-hmm. You've got British Bulldog. Those three alone are all classic Bret Hart matches. Right. And they're awesome, and they're different. Yeah, and he, that, that Roddy Piper match especially. I love when he that regained match. the title. Oh, God, yeah. Um, yeah, that was a great, great match. And, I mean, 
I like the British Bulldog match, but actually, I really think the Piper match is like really even compared to the Kurt Hennig match. I really, I don't know. There's a lot of heart to that match. No the pun Piper intended. match. Yeah. It's a gr- <laughs> like, yeah, no pun intended. Yeah, there. That's really one of my favorites. The, the the idea that they knew each other as kids. I know. I remember when they were changing your body pads. They're fighting, and you know, Piper is like he should be able to beat him like he's roddy piper like he never he loses. never lo- yeah exactly yeah, like, he never loses yeah and now he's got a title he should be on on a on a run here sure. like he shouldn't ever lose a match and and i love the finish the way he goes down is great it's you know piper's got him, got him sleeper. his you know his his finisher the yeah, sleeper hold the sleeper which i don't ever like that as finisher <laughs> me neither but he's got him in the sleeper and yep. brett you know puts his feet on the the turnbuckle on the corner flips off to- i think it's the right top right corner <laughs> and he flips off and pins him like pins that. Him. Oh, look at that move off the turnbuckle. He's here. I told you Bret Hart was going to win. Holds it's actually really cool. And actually, that happens to Austin, I believe, also. Survivor Series 96, yeah. Bret uses that finish. Yeah, I think Bret is a great Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. And another one where I can't really see much argument. No, I really can't. Well, the only argument I can make is that there may be a lot more Intercontinental Champions. So do you want to hold him? Just just for like a moment. Okay. Because I think his contemporary is definitely Shawn Michaels at the Intercontinental say, title. I was going to say, yeah. Shawn Michaels would be the other one that would be discussed next. Right. Shawn Michaels was another guy in the vein of Randy Savage, in the vein of Bret Hart, that defended the title like crazy. Right. Was known as being a good worker. Now, 93 Michaels isn't exceptional, but... Well, I feel like they were telling a story with that title, is that he was running away, right? He was running away. He had this great freaking series against Marty Jannetty in mid-93. Yeah. yeah. Awesome series. And, you know, he got away with it. He got he lost the belt, but in the end, he won, he, it, back. He won it back and... Had Diesel like as his how, bodyguard. Yeah, kind of like how Brett, you know, he lost it because the Mountie or whatever, yes, but, like, yes. he got it back. It got was kind of like that. Exactly. And then Michaels also had a very short reign in 95, don't forget, yeah. as Intercontinental Champion, which the match match where he won it against Jarrett is awesome. That match is good. It never seemed out of place seeing him with the Intercontinental title. No, he seemed like that was his belt. You know, it seemed that, like his belt. That was his. Yep. I had wished that there was a little more trading between Brett, because I always felt they, they jumped Brett. I don't know about you, but... I always felt they jumped Brett pretty quickly to the world title. They kind of had to. Yeah, they kind of had to, and it kind of... In a in a weird way, they were setting up for something between Brett and Sean. You know that Survivor Series. Yeah, they were already feuding, right, for the Intercontinental Title. But we never really got to see the conclusion of that, as far as in the frame of the Intercontinental Title. True. Well, if we're gonna hold Brett in abeyance, I want to hold Sean in abeyance too for a second because I want to throw another one at you, and I don't know what you're gonna think of this one. But I always loved Razor Ramon as the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, Razor was a good Intercontinental right? Champion, and that, and again, when we're talking about mating, making it their own, yeah, um, he that, did, yeah, because Razor, I mean, Razor could have been a World Champion too again, but you know, he left too early. He left too early, right? But, I mean, he was a four-time champion. He was a four-time champion, and he was a great champion. It never felt like Razor was like weak. When he didn't have the belt, it always felt like, no, somebody screwed him and he's, he's got to go. He's going to get it back, this guy. Yeah, the bad guy's got to yeah. go like when Diesel, take care of business. When Diesel beat him for it in 94 because yeah. Michaels helped interfere and then he won it back at SummerSlam 94. Right. Awesome match. Yeah. You know who also uh, did kind of that same thing was the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, this is another one that I was yeah. thinking. As much shit as people give him as a wrestler, yeah. that guy with the IC title, that made yeah. sense. Yeah, it was good. I mean, with the, this is what I meant about just you can't just put Brett on because we have a lot to we go do. here. Um, we do. 
here's one that I don't know if he's going to, he could very easily fall in the worst. Yeah. But because of his reign and because of what it means. What, honky? Honky Tonk Man. He's, I say he's definitely not the worst. But he's you not. Okay. No, he's not the worst. Okay. He might be one of the best, actually. And you know I don't like him. You don't like him, but you would say he, he might, might be, be one, one of the best Intercontinental Champions, yeah. Because, again, it's to, with him, it's more about bringing, like, character to the title. It's like, yeah. it's bringing it's bringing a story and right. a chase of the, the, the faces can really, it's it's a target, right? Exactly. It's like, you can go after this. He's a real shithole. Like, nobody likes him. Yes, that, like, that's the thing I was yeah. going to say, Quinn, is during the period of time where he was the Intercontinental Champion, which was 87 to 88, right? Yeah. First things first, Hogan is the world champion during that period of time, right? right? So Honky Tonk Man, A, defeats the beloved Ricky Steamboat only like weeks after Steamboat finally won it from Savage. So now you really can't stand this guy. The guy's in a fucking jumpsuit with (laughs) Jimmy Hart, a hated manager, (laughs) and he holds the damn title for over a year. Yeah. What they were able to do with that, like you said, is the chase, right? You can headline B-shows solely on the purpose of people wanting to see Honky get his ass kicked. And he would do a good job selling like, you know, awesome. if he got punched, he'd be like flying, flying all rubbery, doofy. Yeah. And now I don't like him as a wrestler. Yeah. But I think I have to put him on. Now, I want to say one other note about him. Yeah. I think what really makes him stand out is that you had said that he Hogan was the champion at the time, right? World champion. What makes him work so well is Hogan is like this outstanding, like brave, um, you know, yeah, gotta be a man. Can't uh, let it slide. Kids love him, and he's you he's know got he, vitamins. He's a good role model, right? Sure. And Honky is like the antithesis. He's a chicken shit, like asshole, doofy. He looks slimy. like an idiot. Like he, he does. Yeah, he, he's not like in good shape or anything. No, like, there's he, nothing to like about him. Like literally nothing. He's the antithesis of Hulk Hogan in Hulk Hogan's time. Exactly. And he is the, a champion. It's almost like an insult, right? It's, it, he's like a stain on the company and. Everyone wants to just get rid of this guy. And no guy. one could. Yeah. Until the warrior. He'd always slip out of there, whether it be like Peggy Sue's there or, or Jimmy, like Jimmy Hart, Hart, whatever. Or cheating. Yeah. Or like the Hart family with like the, the Hart Foundation. Uh, Savage in 87. Yeah, yeah like, sure. I think because of his reign, but because of what it meant and what they were able to do with it, I think he has to go on. Yeah. I, I really so. do. And you know... If you've I been know, listening, folks, and Quinn, you, you know, I don't like him, Yeah, but I really do think we have to give him proper respect here yeah. and put him on. Sure. I think he's one of the best of all time. Yeah. So, are we sending him? We send him there. All right, here he goes. I wanted to bring up something a little modern for you. Go ahead. He's not maybe the greatest or anything, but we should talk about him briefly. Who's this? I thought he was the last good run of the Intercontinental title. I know who you're going to say. Randy Orton. Randy Orton. Uh, he was he was okay. He was okay. I mean, not the last good run because there's one other that I like, but he was definitely like, I like the idea of this young guy. Right. And he's like establishing himself with the Intercontinental title and he's killing legends. Like that... That is different, and it, and it also it works into the Intercontinental title to me because if the Intercontinental title is about up and comers and workers and stuff like that, right? It perfectly like he was it perfectly exemplifies what an Intercontinental champion should be. Now was but, he was he doing the Legend Killer gimmick? Yes, as the IC champion. Yes, yes, really, definitely. I didn't realize that. Yeah. So 
I mean, it leaked over to when he lost it. He was right. still doing it, but right. like you know, it really started when he was the Intercontinental Champion, and he had the belt for quite a while. He did. He had it for about nine months or so. He had a, he had a good he, reign. He with kind it. of reestablished it because it was in the toilet at that point too. I yeah. have to hand it to him. There. It was in the toilet since '98, in my yeah. opinion. I don't know about him, but I want to throw another one at you. Okay, for, well, keep that. Keep yeah, that in mind. Keep him in mind. Yeah. I'm not yeah. opposed to that. But yeah. here's one for you, Quinn. Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect. Okay. Here you have a is problem? the thing with Mr. Okay. Perfect. All right, yeah. let's hear it. While, yes, I, I think a lot of people have a little overly Rose-colored fond glasses. memories. Right. Like, okay, I just watched that tournament. That oh, thing. well, courtesy of Richard Bland. Yeah, he, he put that out, that nice little video where yes. it put the tournament all together. Yes. And that was kind of underwhelming. Because I well, never yeah. got to see all that. I mean, no one. But the the match where he won it against Tito was good. Yeah, but I know he, it's Tito, folks. Here's I just the say thing, Tito. Is people like to remember him as like the consummate intercontinental champion? But like, I thought he was good. No, I mean, really? the guys he was fighting were like. I mean, other than he just had like Texas Tornado, <laughs> and I mean, he was only the champion because his foot fell off. <laughs> oh, God, Quinn. I mean, other than that, like. Okay, like well, what? Like seriously? Like why? Yeah, you're like, right. He wasn't fighting a lot of people. No, or anything. okay, like, that's fair. And, uh, you know what? You're right. Bret Hart, Texas, and Tornado. that's when he lost it. Yeah. Okay, so how about this? Is Perfect worse than Bret and Sean? Yes. Is he worse than the Warrior? Yes. Okay, so he's ruled out then. Yeah, he's gone. So between Bret and Sean and the Warrior, where let's let's narrow that those three down to we, at least two. Let's we eliminate. We also got one. Razor Raymond in there. Oh shit, we have Razor Raymond. All right. Yeah. So out of those four, well, is there anyone else? The Rock. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really he's okay. Fe- I felt like yeah, you the, know what he was good. Yeah, I felt like that was the the Intercontinental titles when the Rock really kind of came into his own. The best part about it, he was semi honky and semi his own thing. Yeah, because he never won it. Remember, he right. was awarded it by Vince because Austin vacated it. <laughs> was he? Yes. Does that go back? He didn't that even far? win it because <laughs> the whole thing was like Austin was now going to challenge for the world title. Right. right? They were yeah. starting that push. So Austin's like, "Here's your damn belt." So what I'm gonna do? Rock, is I'm gonna forfeit the damn title to you tonight what? because I got bigger fish to fry. So go ahead and take the damn thing because I don't want it no more. Take it, apparently, take it. Apparently, The Rock is a ladies name. and gentlemen. Shut up. Yeah, The Rock was a good intercontinental champion uh, in the hockey did talk he, man. Vein. Did he have more than one? Yeah, he had more than one run. Okay, yeah, I'm looking. I have the title history open just to give us a little. That's fine. Well, bait. the first version I'm not talking about where he won it from Triple H. No, in no, no. I'm not talking about like uh, flappy things on his chest. Version. Rocky my Chia yeah, pad. No, no, none of that. Not I'm that. talking about The Rock. The Rock was awarded it, I believe, Quinn. You have it open? I'm yeah. going to say on December 8th, 97. That's exactly right. How the hell did you know? The I computer just, is not facing Joe. I, I like, don't he see cannot it. see it. So, and then he had it until Triple H, I thought. Yeah, Triple H, but I don't Summer see slam. another rain after that. He didn't that. have it. He only had it the one time. Wow. I And if I'm not mistaken. Funny because, and he had it. How many days do you think on. he had it? SummerSlam is August 30th, 98. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> so I don't know. What is that? 264 days? I don't 65. know. 65. <laughs> I, I can't even uh, his Joe just to help people out here because yes. you're, you're like he can't know this I can't see like he's probably just looking at something Joe is like this weird encyclopedic knowledge of 
well in certain, general certain in details, dates, yeah. but especially the intercontinental title. I remember you could like just remember like the order of I people used to be for able a while. To, yeah, I always thought that was a little weird. But I get foggy after like two thousand. Yeah, but I can do it still probably. But anyway, yeah, I don't know about the Rock. I mean, what, better it was than, a pretty notable reign, and it was long. Better than Brett or Sean. Um, maybe. Yeah. Actually, right? <laughs> it was really good. Is there anyone else from the 90, the mid, like, let's say, how about this? Post-Razor Ramon. Post-Razor. Which is Jeff Jarrett, Goldust, Ahmed, yeah. no. Triple I'm, H, I'm looking, no. I'm looking. Um, what about Chris Jericho? The only thing is, is he had it a lot. What the hell did he ever do with it? Yeah, it By was just, then it was okay. Like, here's the thing with Jericho's reigns, like his 1,000 reigns as yeah, champion. a lot. It always felt like, it was like they knew Jericho was good, right? Yep. But they also knew that they, he wasn't like he was good, but they couldn't put him with the big players, no, right? No, because no, no. like, I think part of it was I think he could make them look stupid because he was he partially, was really good partially. And secondly, it's just because he he just didn't have the look they wanted. No. as a world champion, they gave him the world title like almost honorarily. But yeah. like then they took it away, and then he kind of just was intercontinental champion a million times. Pretty much, he was just kind of the intercontinental champion because he was the second best thing around. Yeah, that's a fair way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't put him there. I think, in my opinion, yeah, I would say we're we're unless you have another one in your pocket, which you can get to. But yeah. I would say we're looking at Razor Ramon, yeah, Ultimate Warrior, Bret and Sean, Randy Orton. I don't know. No, maybe. Who do you have anyone else? Not that I can really. I don't really either. Santino's reign was fun. That was the other one. I the I, heel the heel, the heel version. Well, any version of Santino because even the Milan Miracle was fun, was fun. as a face. But like, but the uh, heel version was great. The heel version with the Beth Phoenix helping him win the yes. title thing, like that was just good shit. That was like, good shit. It was only about three months, but it was fun. It was short, and then he had the honka meter. The honky donkey man was intercontinental champion for a record sixty-four weeks. Santino Marella has already been intercontinental champion for two weeks. <laughs> I don't want to abbreviate this too much, but I would say Brett was a better intercontinental champion than the Warrior. Well, okay, one, th- one thing about the Warrior. Yeah, go ahead. One thing that may put him ahead of the, the pack here yeah. is the fact that he did unify with the world title. That's a big that's a big hmm. deal. Like that that's, is a good point. It, it, it met on the on the promise that the Intercontinental Champion was the number one contender and that he deserved. He actually beat the champion too. He beat the champion. So it's like it did it did it did cement that in our brains that the Intercontinental Champion could really, you know, do some damage. I must be in a in a strange mood today because I think I'm gonna have to put Warrior on there too. Mm-hmm. Because A, he ended the reign of, of the, the honky tonk man. He does have a good bookend. Yeah. Yeah. And then he had a good run. I mean, it's not like he had great matches, but no one Rick cares Rude, about the Rick Rude feud. And then when he won the title back at yeah. SummerSlam 89, that was like a marquee match. Oh, yeah. I mean, That's people, how much that mattered. And a lot of that has to do with Rick Rude. I mean, people wanted to see his yeah. ass handed to him. Like, great feud. Yeah. You know what? I, I'm okay with putting Warrior on I, there as number three. I think that's a fair, fair thing to do. All right. I think it, I think it's time. Let's do it. So right now we're looking at Randy Savage, yeah. Honky Tonk Man, and the Ultimate, and Ultimate Warrior, which I think says a lot about the IC title being very huge in the 80s. Yeah. But the next one's going to have to be from the 90s. And it's you between, think? I think it's between Brett, Sean, and, Ra- Sean and Razor, no? Yeah, I do too. I don't think Orton's run tops either of those, although it was good. Here's what I'm going to say. 
I think Sean exemplifies the IC title more than Brett necessarily because Brett's yeah. more associated with the world title. I think so, but is that a reflection on Brett or is it just a reflection on the way they booked him? It's a reflection on timing, I think, too. Timing, yeah. A lot of timing because Sean, by the time he got to world title status, the Attitude Era was dawning and they were ready to put Austin in his slot. Right. But when Sean was shining the most, he was Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, I mean... And when Brett was shining the most, he was the world champion. I think that's where the differentiation is. What about Razor Ramon and all this? That's the thing is Razor was like the constant in between all these two. Is that he was great? He was just he was really good. The thing is, is was Razor considered good because he beat Sean to launch his Intercontinental title runs? No, I mean he was he beat Rick Martel in that finals of the battle here's royal the, okay here's the thing with all this is that yeah. it, no one kind of i felt like no one really took him seriously until he defeated sean in the ladder match i don't know like, i, I wasn't watching just yet so i don't know but i mean you look at it and you can tell that like that ladder match was to legitimize razor ramon and it did in a sense but it he had a great run i mean then he had that whole feud with diesel Sean was just a more cagey champion, though, though. He was cagey. I mean, he was, again, another guy in the vein of Honky Tonk Man. You know what? I'm okay with putting Sean in there. Yeah. I I think that's okay. Yeah. I would say you made a good point. Because the world title more defines Brett. Yeah. It's not that Brett wasn't good as I see. He was. And it's not that Sean wasn't good as world. It's just that he just didn't have the same... The timeline of where the company was at and yeah. all this, it, it didn't work in Sean's favor by the time he got to his world title right. runs. But the you know, the, the company was more shaped around him when he was the Intercontinental title. Okay. And when he was the Intercontinental champion. And as good as I think Razor was, yeah, I think I think Sean deserves to be on there. I'm okay with it, Quinn. If you are putting Sean Michaels on there as I'm number okay four. Yeah, let's do it. Here he goes. All right, folks, so we have our four best Intercontinental Champions on Mount Rushmore, and that would be Randy Macho Man Savage, the Honky Tonk Man, the Ultimate Warrior, and the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels. We want to hear who yours are, so you can let us know, of course, on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Email us or go on our Facebook group. And, Quinn, I guess you get the first pick for the worst. (laughs) It's tough with this one. Okay. Because there was a lot of good champions. Right. Um, there's a lot of bad champions, um, <laughs> but I feel like a lot of the bad ones, Joseph, are in the later times. Yeah, but that I seems to be the trend. Yeah, but it's more like they're a stain if they're like, you know, in the good times. So I guess for the first one, I would kind of head towards like the Mountie or something like that. Because yes, the Jacques Rougeau gets his man. The Mountie, what's your problem with that? It was only three days. I know it was short. But, like, here's the thing is they couldn't find anyone better to, like, <laughs> take the belt for three days to lose to Rowdy Piper. <laughs> like, who? I don't know. There's there's tons of people in that company in 92. <laughs> like, anybody. Yeah, but the Mountie was, like, a shitty heel, what so it made Ted sense. Ted DiBiase? Ted DiBiase? He was a tag wrestler. Not, no, not he early. Just 92. about to be. All right, fine. He would, he, and he hated Roddy Piper. But why do you waste DiBiase on that for three days? So that you can get a big payoff because they never really did on pay per view with DiBiase and Piper. Do you remember this? Mm, it's fair. Like, why didn't they just have him beat Bret Hart real briefly and then like mm, lose? That's not bad. To Roddy Piper. I don't know though. The I, Mountie really is that really amongst the worst of the worst? 
He's pretty bad. I don't know. I can think of a worse one. What? Road Dog. Oh, you didn't know? Why did he have it? Remember that whole thing? The whole thing that pisses me off about that, Quinn, is that they were building towards Billy Gunn winning it. And then, Ro- this is early 99. Then Road Dog, the hardcore wrestler, wins the Intercontinental title. I'll tell you why the Road Dog won it. Why? Because he's better than Billy Gunn. Hot take. <laughs> but I don't like that he used to say Intercontinental Champion of the World in his intro. Oh, who cares? I do. Joe, really? Godfather? Godfather. This is all 99 now because yeah. everyone had it. I think I could top that. Okay. Ahmed Johnson. <laughs> okay, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. But is that his fault? I mean, he got injured. Gladiator Farouk kicked him in the kidney. Here, here, here's the thing. He broke his kidney. <laughs> is I'm I find it now looking back really hard to justify him ever having the title. Why? That no. The Why? Man couldn't speak English. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> how the hell is he supposed to be the champion? The so Thunder Stars. They're official. And now you're ready to get the big dog. He was the he was the first people's champion. You know. He was a dumbass. <laughs> I didn't like him. He was just a bad champion. So would so if he hadn't have gotten injured, you think it would have still been bad? Yeah. Really? I didn't like it to begin with. Really? Yeah. What about your personal favorite, Pedro Morales? That guy's a piece of shit. What's your problem with Pedro? I think he's one of the most overrated wrestlers ever. Why is that? Anything I've ever seen with him, and now we've watched a number of matches. We have. It's never good. And it's during the Intercontinental title scene, too, yeah. that he was in. Why, Joseph? Why? Why was he a thing? He looks like he has a shit in his pants. Like, <laughs> he can't move correctly. He wasn't very good. He's overweight and out of shape. And he why is he the champion? I don't know. Because he was world champion in, like, the 70s or something? <laughs> yeah, and they, they were like, he's going to... How does he legitimize the belt? <laughs> Here's the thing. Yeah. You know how they were like, they had to shoe off Bob Backlund? Mm-hmm. Why didn't they just say, you know what, Bob Backlund, we'll give you the Intercontinental title? I don't know. Like, they probably wanted to get the hell rid of him. I know Vince hated him. <laughs> if, you, if we're watching those yeah, championships, of uh, yeah, he's enough of that guy. <laughs> oh, I have one for you. What? Texas Tornado. Okay. Yeah, that's some real right? garbage. Now, that guy, I swear this is real. And you could, you, <laughs> you could, you've said this before. I know where you're going. He was the champion because they thought he was going to commit suicide. <laughs> it's not true. Yes, it's true. I don't think it is. I think they just they were afraid. <laughs> I don't think so. They're afraid of that tornado coming through the World Wrestling Federation <laughs> and them getting sued. I'm telling you, <laughs> who would sue them if he was dead? Well, Fritz? the remains of his left foot. <laughs> oh, come on, Quinn. I, I don't know. Folks, send your postcards directly to Michael Quinn, <laughs> care of OVP Podcast. <laughs> I don't know. He was. A, it was stupid that he interrupted Perfect's reign. Yeah, I didn't I, like that. Didn't that didn't make any sense at all. There was no reason this guy should win. It was like they tried to pull that Ultimate Warrior shit on yeah, Mr. Perfect at SummerSlam. Right. If he didn't lose Perfect, you know, if he didn't lose to Tornado, Perfect would have been the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion. Yeah. Do you know that? Yeah, probably. That rain was interrupted by Texas Tornado. And For it's like bullshit. a couple weeks couple or Couple months, yeah. yeah. But what did he do with the title? He Nothing. didn't do shit with it. He's on there. I don't even care. Yeah, he's on this there. This guy is on there. I Here agree. he is. I agree. Death Valley, Texas Tornado. Yeah, he stinks. Are what there you- tornadoes in, De- in Death Valley? Uh, do they get? No, they probably don't get those there. Well, maybe. Maybe? Possibly. It is a desert. 
Yeah, it is. You're right. Maybe there's. Do they get tornadoes? I don't know. We'll I have to know. look into that later. What about Mark Marrow? <laughs> That's another one in yeah. the same vein. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Then he won the tournament, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. In, on, I want to say September 20th. Here was the thing. Hang on. September. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay. September 23rd, 96. Correct. Fucking awesome. How? I don't know. In Hershey, Pennsylvania. But, how, okay. <laughs> how? Here's the thing with Mark Merrill I always felt. Yeah. Is I felt like he was out of place in the Intercontinental Division. Like, I thought yeah. he belonged in the world title division. I thought he was out of place in the WWF, honestly. Oh, really? Yeah. I, Johnny B. Bad was so much better. I that's loved true. Johnny B. Bad. His whole DDP feud and everything. Oh, I loved it. I don't know. I <laughs> I didn't like it when he won. I was like, why did this guy win the IC title? And then he, like, crappily loses it anyway to Triple H, like, a month later. I think yeah. October 21st, 96. He didn't even, Can like, you look? Yeah. It was October 21st, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Joe, just, I gotta spice up the podcast, yeah, just, You gotta, you're, you're out of hand right now. <laughs> you know, but, you know what's another one? What? Val Venus. Val Venus was a good guy to be the Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, but he wasn't going anywhere. But he wasn't going anywhere. So, like, that's the thing, is with the Intercontinental title, it's supposed to be, like, upward mobility. Right. That's why, like, I thought Randy Orton was a good modern one, because it was, was upward mobility. Like, Remember when Ric Flair had it in, like, 07? What the hell was that? <laughs> or 04 or 06, whenever? Well, the, to me, that's the Pedro Morales effect happening. Yeah, because but that's, that's not good. Yeah. See, here's the thing, is I think that the anybody who's the Intercontinental title because... They're the Intercontinental. No, anybody that's the Intercontinental Champion, yes, because they were like good before, but right. like now they're just like whatevering with them. Mm-hmm. That's that's just stupid. I didn't like when Flair had it. I thought that was unnecessary. I don't think he needed it. It was basically the same anyone. thing as when they gave Ric Flair the U.S. title in WCW, <laughs> like in the nineties. And did you like that? I mean, it was nice to see Ric Flair doing something of worth because the NWO was just eclipsing him, but. It wasn't good. Yeah, it was stupid. And neither was his IC title run. Yeah. I I don't know. We got a lot of bad ones here. And Billy Gunn, of course. Billy Gunn won it in 2000. Yeah, November 21st. Yeah. And he lost it to I think. Yeah. I mean, Voldemort. We we don't talk about him here. (laughs) We can't even put him on the list. No. Um, I don't know. Billy Gunn was shitty. Mm -hmm. Test. Mm. Test, I feel like, had it during an era where no one gave a crap about no. this title. Test might be one of the worst. I think Test. Yeah, you know what? I agree with that, actually. Because test is really shitty. What was that, like, late 01, early 02, something like that? When um, was it? Late 02? I can't remember. It's hard to find. Ooh, here's a really bad one I what? just stumbled on. Albert. No, I was okay with that. Really? Yeah, you had a good match against uh-huh. Kane. I think I think Test, test is, is November up there. 5th, 2001. Yeah, late 01. Yeah. That was during the era where that title meant nothing. Like, I could make a title, a championship, a belt out of cardboard and give it to you, and it would mean just as much as the IC title. You know, while we're here in the Death Valley of Intercontinental Champions, yes. who do you think is like, or what do you think is like the worst time period for this belt? 98 until now. Oh, it's you, I don't know now. Now it's you okay. Get, now you get good champions. I was here being and there sarcastic. Yeah. Here's where I think it started to fall. It was okay when Rock won it. Still, it yeah. was okay when Triple H won it from him. I agree. It was okay when Shamrock won it in the tournament. Right. Once Shamrock drops it to Val Venus, and then you have this parade of idiots with like <laughs> Road Dog. Here, I can just read you real briefly. Like I can just, probably just still a remember couple, it. Let, let me just go. A couple of people since Ken Shamrock. Yeah, it's Shamrock, Val Venus, Venus Road, Road Dog, Dog Goldust, Goldust, Godfather, Godfather Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett Edge, D- Edge, Jeff Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett D- 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 
Jeff, Jeff Jarrett, Jarrett China, China, and Jericho. Jericho, Jericho it and was okay. Jericho and China. That was stupid. Co-intercontinental. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that. that. Yeah. China. China's one of the worst. Well, no. China gonna, and Jericho. The China Jericho. One rain. One rain together. China thing. Jericho. Fuck that. That was stupid. It doesn't make any sense. How could you be a co-champion? Here's what I have a problem with it. That pissed me off at the time. You know I know people might be a little sensitive about this. Go ahead. But you're gonna. I agree with you. I know what you're gonna say. It's a division for men's yes. wrestling, right? There is a ladies' division. Like, it exists. Why yes. the fuck does this have to happen? And not only that, all that was was their attempt to shoehorn China into Jericho's heat. Because if you remember, she was when he out won it from her, yeah. he was a heel, but he was getting face reactions. Right. So they did this thing where it's like, oh, respect, respect, respect. Let's make them co-champions. Mm. They were shoehorning her into his heat. Yeah. And I hated it at the time. I hate it now. That is going into oh, Death definitely. Valley. That was some bullshit. Oh, so yeah. we have Texas Tornado, and we have a combination of Jericho's China. Jericho's yeah. China. <laughs> Jericho's China. <laughs> that sounds naughty. So who else do we have, Quinn? Well, um, I'm trying to look here. There's a lot of really poopy stuff. Test, I think, is still up there. Yeah. Oh, my God. I totally forgot about this. Remember when JBL was the Intercontinental Champion? In 08. Yes. Right? Uh, 09, March 9th. Yeah, that was stupid. JB, anything JBL, I don't he like. He beat CM Punk. Yes, he did. CM Punk had it? Yeah. God. See, this is what I mean about this <laughs> yeah, title. You it, can't it, even it means- remember. The fact that I have to, like, look... We yeah. never have to look we at stuff. We didn't do this with the world title. The only reason I had to look was there's because like, there's too many like weird... Because it like, means nothing. It, it does. Big E had it. Remember that when he was like the Nation of Domination attire? Oh, man. I, <laughs> in like 13. I thought I just... Okay, I saw one. This one, I know people like this guy, but like I just never understood why he was getting the push that he was. Who's this? Drew McIntyre. Do you remember him? He had the IC title? Yes. Ugh. 2009. Well, if, if I don't remember it, I guess I can't consider it a worst. Yeah. Oh, you know who had it, though? This is kind of funny. Yeah. Ezekiel Jackson. I remember that. That I remember. <laughs> yeah. Zeke. Ugh. Big oh, Zeke. Big Zeke. Should we even, like, is this such a swath of crap, like, that we, like, yes, just kind is. of, like, <laughs> we throw it to the side, like, it's not notable enough? I mean, yeah, maybe. I'm still with Test on there. I think Test, yeah. Short hair to Test? To me, like, you know, if you think about that it, era was Test bad. is kind of like, he's the poster child for, like, not mattering anymore. He's one of the poster childs for it. Yes, yeah, I agree like, with you. I, I think just for that honor, I think Test should be in there. I would put Test in there. You want to do it? Yeah. Are we going to, we're just not counting Dean Douglas? I don't think that counts. He had, like, an 11-minute reign. It always made me so mad that I he like was, the, like, on the list, even. Like, I like the, the Razor won it from... Yeah, it was made me happy. It was just so annoying. Um, Albert, really? Albert's awful. Test TNA. Should we just put both of them on? <laughs> Wait, are they the last two? I don't. I can't think of. I mean, again, you can go through like oh nine to like now and find a bunch of. Wait, did anything bullshit happen lately? Like, did the bunny have it or no? You the know bunny it, didn't have it. Like anything like that? Owens had it for a while. I'm looking. Hold on. There's nothing. Ambrose Recently, had it's it. been it's been fine. It's been fine. Like Daniel lately. Bryan had it. Daniel Bryan had it. Yeah, it's been okay. The last the Miz. Like, five I think like the Miz is yeah, also okay. really good. Yeah, Test I think goes on before Albert because Albert was like a novelty run. Okay, I'll put Test in. I'll 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 give you Test. All right, let's go to Test Valley. 
the only last one that really I think mm-hmm. just because of the fact that like he was so disappointing. Yeah. Billy Gunn. Yeah, you know what? I never Billy Gunn in general as the singles wrestler. It was supposed I never to like it was supposed to be good. Yeah, he was supposed to be good. Yeah, they they were always like he's good and like I But he's heard, not. He had a look where you were thinking like, oh, this this looks like a champion and stuff. Yeah, but, but he wasn't really good. He wasn't really anything. Like, no. I don't know. That's a just, good one. Just for like the disappointment of him. What about Jared? He sucked. He did yeah, suck. But he was never that great. Even the, though he said he was. I kind of dig his first run a little bit. I like that he snuck one off Razor. Like, I always got yeah, it's kind of cool, of, actually. Yeah, the yeah. Rumble 95. Yeah, it's, it's actually cool. pretty good. I hated it as a kid, but it is kind of funny. Yeah. yeah I, that's I'm, true. I'm okay, fine. With fine. That. Yeah. With that. Goldust? He's had it plenty of times, yeah, actually. Yeah, in 96 but, and 99. But then you're forgetting all the, like, more recent reigns. I believe he had it more. Lance Storm? Fuck him. I know he's like, I'm good at wrestling yeah. and I know wrestling. Shut up. He's only had it once ever, I think. Good. I feel like Billy Gunn is kind of the, the shitty one. I think he's worse because no one expected Albert to be good. I- I'm okay with Gunn. Yeah. Gunn wasn't that good. Yeah. Gunn's, I, I never liked Billy Gunn, actually, I never for liked the record. It, yeah. You know I, what? Billy Gunn? Fuck him. Yeah, Billy Gunn. Him. Fuck him. Mr. Ass is right. Yeah. Because he was a bunch, bunch of ass. ass. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, we have our Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of Intercontinental Champions. And, of course, we are sure you might agree or disagree. So let us know what you think. You can do that by reaching us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. You can email us at OVPPodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, OVPPodcast.com. And, Quinn, we have a Facebook group. Yeah. You can go on the Facebook group and you can discuss this. because. You know, it's an open forum. Open forum. You, just, you put it down, you, you log in with your Facebook, yep. and you type in what you think. We're a friendly community, folks. No hard feelings here. Yeah. We respect everyone's opinion. Yeah, we're just getting started here with the community, and That's we want right. to make it a big, healthy community that everyone can have whatever they want to say. That's right. Know? Open forum. So when we come back, we're going to keep the forum going because we're reviewing something right after this. The Nintendo World News with Mario. We go direct to the ringside at the WWF WrestleMania Challenge. Ready, kid? Just watch me with the Macho Man. And here he comes, 250 pounds of lean, mean muscle. What a leg drop! Wow! An elbow smash! And a body slam! Let's see that again. Is that the end of the Macho Man? No way. I want a rematch. This is Mario for WWF WrestleMania Challenge. Nintendo! Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode number 31. We thank you for being with us. Quinn, we are reviewing something. Yes, we are. And this is by request and supply. I guess supply and demand. Supply and request, <laughs> demand and supply. I don't know. It's, it's supply the and demand of, of the man. The law of capitalism. I don't know. Yeah, this is capitalism by the man, Richard Land. Yes. He supplied this and requested it for us. Now, folks... 
Richard contacted us and said, oh, I might have a great idea for you. We want you to review this here. And it was Wrestling Challenge. We haven't touched this yet. We haven't done Challenge yet, but here's the funny thing about it. No, no, no. It's not the Gorilla and Bobby Wrestling Challenge. The good one. <laughs> this is this is a big caveat here. New Generation Era. Oh, boy. I didn't even know this show was still on. <laughs> at 95 when this yep, is? Yep. This that- is WWF Wrestling Challenge from July 16th, 1995, courtesy of Richard Land. I have a feeling the fans are going to be like, wait, Challenge was on? What? <laughs> like, I don't remember. See, I swear I didn't have this. Yeah. So Richard says to us, this will be great because it has a lot of wrestle crap. <laughs> yeah, he did yeah. say that. He, he warned was, us. He was right. So we are here, folks, July 16th, 95, to set the stage for you. This is right in the middle of the Diesel era. Great. The- <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like shit already. Yeah, this is Quinn and I were watching by then, and we didn't see this, because yeah. Challenge, I think, was like taken off syndication near us it was not, in Jersey. It was definitely not on in New Jersey. We, I couldn't get it anymore. Yeah. But this is a very uh, bad era. <laughs> yeah, it's the heart of the Roman, I mean, Diesel era. <laughs> And really, what Challenge was, Quinn, just to give folks a little bit of background, it was on since 86, and it was always the B show to Superstars, which was the A show. It's kind of the replacement to All Star. It was. It was exactly what it was. However, Quinn, this is 95, so Raw is now the A show, making Superstars the B show. And Challenge is like the what the hell is this show? (laughs) Exactly. So that's what we're dealing with, folks. And (laughs) we open here with a recap of that thrilling match where Barry Horowitz pinned Skip. What a moment. (laughs) (laughs) And the opening we saw was very mid-90s generic music. Yeah, yeah. It was like... Electric guitar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was all all over the place. Quinn, as mentioned, was incredulous that this was still on. I can't... Joe, I can't believe it. You know what the crazy thing is? What's it's like that? the logo is not even different. It's like still it, it's still like the eighties challenge is. logo. It's awful. Who thought why didn't they just change the name or do something else? And you know what actually was still bizarre to me? Yes. <laughs> was JR and Gorilla being on it? It's amazing. With the horrible green screen as you noted here. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the WWE Wrestling Challenge. I'm Jim Ross, alongside the Hall of Famer, Gorilla Monsoon. Thank you very much for being with us, folks. Yeah, it's the green screen where it's clearly behind them is not anything real, but they have like the, <laughs> the desk feed of yeah. the camera that was like in the spot or and something. And like the desk and everything. Like they're trying really hard to make it look like <laughs> it's not a green sit screen. Why there? Like why, why was it so hard? But anyway, yes. when I, I asked you this and I was like, wait a second. Was there like a continuity here where like Gorilla was just on this show the whole time and like... <laughs> For the most part, he wasn't... JR replaced him in 93. When JR came in, it was JR and Bobby. Right. But Gorilla came back to challenge in, like, 94. So it wasn't very long. It wasn't very long that we were without Gorilla. He was almost always there. It's just weird, because it's like, this is Gorilla's show. Like It was. Even in 1995. If Superstars was Vince's show, this was Gorilla's show. Yeah. So our opening contest, I can't wait. It's (laughs) Jacob and Eli Blue. Yeah, the Bruise Brothers, right? The the Harris Twins. Remember the last time we had to watch something with them, and it was a really horrible (laughs) show? It was like Action Zone or something. It was, and they're always bad in in WWF anyway. Yeah, they were great in ECW, but here it's like, I don't want to get off my TV. Really? Yeah. They're fighting Bill Weaver, who cares, and Nick Barbary. I've heard the name. The crowd is so thrilled. Remember they 
cut to these people just bored as shit. <laughs> it's literally two people, right? I, let me set the stage here. Go ahead. There's two people in the crowd of, like, everyone's just kind of sitting, like, on their, like, Game Boys or whatever they used back then. And, like, <laughs> they're, they're, like the, the two people that are standing are just kind of looking, like, deer in the headlights, like, into the sky, not even in the camera. And they're like, yeah. they almost have, like, a look on their face, like, you believe this shit? Like, yeah, like, it's not like a heel reaction. <laughs> no, they're like, like, why am I at this show? <laughs> yeah. Like, why did I come to this? It's like, when are we going home? Like, <laughs> that's what it looks like. Mike Kyoto's a ref? Yeah, well, you know, he was still getting into... Uh, Referee Mike Kyoto, yeah, not still, senior official yet. He wasn't yet. senior yet. Quinn, your first comment to me here is, this stinks. <laughs> yeah, well, it does. <laughs> I mean, and you had also noted to me, doesn't this look extra smoky yeah, and all dusty? Yeah, the got like this dusty glaze over is it. Is it like some pyro went off from like something else yeah, and like it's, it's still clear. like lingering <laughs> exactly. in this like high school gym? I feel like that's a trademark of the mid-90s is the oh, gray. The smoke? Yeah. yeah, the gray. Yeah, <laughs> just it, Everything's gray. It, there's always... It just always looks like there's a smell of powder in the air <laughs> not not fuji powder no but, you know like real a, powder like a, like a smoky powder now quinn i noticed this because jr is the play-by-play guy yeah gorilla does not know how to do color no he's he's kind of just <laughs> interjecting at points and kind of just you know it's almost like you suck jr like i, I can do this better and, and it's funny because it's mid-90s Quinn and I have always noticed after 1990, Gorilla's voice is like, ah, there it is. Like, ah, it's, there it is, it's always high like, pitched. Yeah, yeah. It's that. He's like, ah, there it is. Uh, elbow. Look out here. Oh, elbow right in the kisser. A lot of complaining. Gorilla's also, so grumpy. Yeah, it's like, why am I? Like, I, why did I? It's almost like he's thinking in his brain, why did I sign up for this lifetime employment <laughs> thing? It's like, it looked like a good idea at the time in 84 or 3 or whatever. Now, but. he's very close to becoming the president. That was in July of 95. Wow. Very the, close. This company needed a really uh, solid president because it wasn't <laughs> doing so good. Yeah. So we get a horrible power slam by whatever blue that is. And uh, he blew. Fred, Fred blue. <laughs> he blew the spot is what yeah. he did. There was a there was like four blown spots in a row. Yeah. And like they had to redo a spot. They did. Yeah. The blues <laughs> win with some awful knee drop that was supposed to be a splash he like goes to splash him like with his stomach but like he, he over jumps yeah. and his knee like hits the guy in the face wonderful yeah great match so we go to a live event which is basically live event news which is basically the event center yeah which with hosted by the, <laughs> stephanie wyan yeah the wwf mom <laughs> like seriously joe doesn't this lady just look like she's like yes. your mom that shows up and she's like, Tyler, I'm picking you up like that shit. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, but like, then she talks to the other. Hey, yeah, <laughs> like, like, you know, like she's mild manner, but she has to raise her voice with the kid. Welcome to live event news, everyone right here on Sky. I'm Stephanie Wyant. Where's Tyler being picked up from? Uh, daycare. I okay, don't know. That's fine. Yeah. Now, you know who she always reminded me of, actually, is Sally Field and Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, she has a Sally Field look to her, except her bangs are awful. Yeah, she looks terrible. So we talk about J- how Jeff Jarrett's going to sing, and Stephanie Wyand, I noted the way she talks in her eyes. She looks like a Muppet. She's like, oh, and, uh, Jeff Jarrett with <laughs> championship. Uh, and then so we get a promo with Jeff Jarrett and uh, Jesse Jammies. Jesse Jammies, he's back. He's back. And then at this point, Quinn had the remote. He pulled 
pauses the video. I need, yeah, I needed to ask you this, and I, I guess this is the appropriate area to ask you this. Yes, to talk about the canon of Jeff yeah. Jarrett's so, country music. So you mean to tell me that Jeff Jarrett, when he came in, they always say this, but I kind of just threw it to the side that he was going to use the World Wrestling Federation for like a platform. Yeah, stepping stone. But like, to country music. Why does he care if he wins matches? He's already accomplished the goal. He got himself noticed, right? He gets to sing the music before his matches. Like, is he just want to win the world title now so that he can, like, he guarantees his spot so he can I keep coming so. for matches that hopefully he doesn't lose so that he'll have another match to promote his music again? I think so. You know what always, I always found funny about his whole country music canon? Yeah. Was in 94, 95, they acted like he had this CD out called Ain't I Great? Yeah. Remember <laughs> could, that? Could you buy that anywhere? Well, I was an idiot because I was nine years old. Oh, no. Did you find something else called Ain't I Great? No. I used to go to, at the time it was Camelot Music. It eventually became FYE. Or like a Sam Goody's. Or Sam Goody also. And yeah. Compact Disc World. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I used to look for it. Because oh, I really believed that this <laughs> was a you. real CD. They got me. Well, when you have your mom, Stephanie Wine, <laughs> talking to you on TV about his album and all this, I mean, it oh, seems God, legit, It did right? seem legit. They in actually her, got me. In her baby blue blouse yeah Yeah. more on that yeah so we go to a promo with jared again as i was saying and he calls jammy's road dog road dog you're gonna be there (laughs) yeah i didn't realize that i didn't realize he was even road dog then yeah it was the roadie anyway so we get a clip of Shawn michaels punching jared and he's got like a mesh blouse on (laughs) see-through shirt blouse like it looks like he should have nipple cutouts with blouses in this show you got (laughs) stephanie wine has a blouse and Shawn michaels has a blouse (laughs) what the hell why is it called a blouse in the first place I don't know. Remember when Sean had the blouse when they reformed DX in 06? It's like a halter top or something. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Quinn, you said to me, this Jeff Jarrett gimmick is so stupid and his hat is junkier here. Yeah. Okay. So I noticed his hat here. It's like, it's almost like they lost the real one. And like, (laughs) they found like a a 10 gallon cowboy hat that like JR would wear that was white. And then somebody took the like JJ's, but they cut them out of paper and just like paste them because they were misaligned. If you (sighs) notice. They weren't, like, dead center. So I I thought somebody fucked up here. Only you, Quinn. I I don't know. (laughs) Only you would notice that. Yeah. So Stephanie Wyand in her her bathrobe jacket, she says that uh, Jeff Jarrett's video is really good, and Quinn and I agree with that. Yeah, that video is something. It's so good. (laughs) How does, Joe, how does this keep coming up? How does this song keep coming up? I don't get it. It's a great song, and and we'll probably talk more about it later. Yeah. (laughs) But first, Quinn, we have to deal with this. Bam Bam Bigelow, the face edition. Yeah, this is the one with the fire coat and the <sighs> stupid cartwheels. and <laughs> Yeah. And he just kind of stinks. Uh, like, it's bad. Versus Jason Arndt. Arndt. <laughs> he, he, he aren't winning. He's a flaming piece of crap right now, Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> Earl Durrell is the ref here, Earl Hebner. Great. The crowd is happy to see Bam Bam, at least. I'll give him that. They're yeah, happy. They're well, like, okay, Bam Bam, we like him. Now, because Bam Bam's a face, that means this jobber has to get offense, but that offense last like six seconds and Quinn you noted to me in no way does this jobber look like a no heel. not at all <laughs> bam bam I like this spot he gets an enziguri mm-hmm. always nice to see a big fat guy doing that right and a headbutt gets the win by the way Quinn you noticed this you pointed this out to me yeah 
He was already using that like triple B logo in the middle of his tights, yeah. which I didn't realize he okay. did that. So, Joe, that started when he turned face. I didn't the realize B that was that was initially that. I and never then he liked carried it. that over to like ECW, ECW and WCW, WCW right. yeah, for the rest of his career. I never liked it in the middle of his fire tights. Do you think at his house in Asbury Park that like on the mailbox the triple B was like? Do you really put that past him like that, that or on his like boat or something that was in the WWF magazine? I would hope so. I used to work, Quinn, for an alarm company. Right. And we did Bam Bam Bigelow's alarm in, um, I, forget, I think he lived in Oakhurst, which is near Asbury Park. And in our system, this, yeah. is, this is about. <laughs> did it actually say Bam Bam Bigelow? Scott Bam Bam Bigelow. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. But he I, was in there. I, you should have actually asked the install guy at the time <laughs> if he had the triple B. <laughs> Well, on the house. I didn't think of it. So at least this squash was short. We get the With My Baby Tonight video, which I'm sure you're going to hear as we talk right now. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's back. This song doesn't go away. And Quinn and I, of course, sang the whole thing as this we were watching it. This was a request it. from Richard, so we couldn't have known right. that this was in here. We didn't mean the to in, come up with this. Yeah, the entire video, Joe. The entire video. Like, like all the, four minutes of it. The one I posted on the Facebook group yes. the other day. The whole funny thing about this is as much as people look at this era as wrestle crap and it is mm-hmm. and as much as it's funny that it's not really Jarrett singing yeah that's a catchy freaking song I know we say it every time it, it really is I really think it's the best song Jim Johnson ever wrote like like a song like a song not just like some melody or something is like, it better than tell me a lie or whatever yes it's way better <laughs> than that yeah all right so I mean we could talk for hours about with my David and I but I did notice that freaking song is so much about sex. Yeah, it was. It dawned on me while we were watching. Like, I've known that, but, like, we'll leave every worry in the world behind. You know, I'm the kind of guy that likes to get things right, so you yeah. won't find me complaining if it takes all night. Right. Yeah. Sex. It's about sex. Well, he wants to get home with his baby tonight. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's pretty explicit. <laughs> what else is he going to do yeah. with his baby? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Quinn, you know what our next match is? Uh, Jean-Pierre Lafitte versus Kenny Kendall. <laughs> First of all, what a great jobber name. <laughs> Kenny, Kendall. Kenny Kendall. I thought it said Kendall Jenner briefly like, <laughs> when, you, when I was like briefly like scanning over it. Now, Jean-Pierre Lafitte, folks, was, of course, Quebecer Pierre. Yeah, and I always thought that was weird because they really like put that under the rug, right? They like, swept that. They never mentioned that. And no, he looked different. He had the scraggly hair. He, yeah, it was longer a little bit, and he had like the singlet on. Yeah, and he the looked eye nothing patch. like John or you know Jacques or not Jacques. <laughs> no, Pierre, uh, Pierre, and Jacques. Yeah. Now I didn't think of this until now, Quinn. Do you think that they made Pierre? a pirate because he had a bad eye or do you think he decided to start wearing his eye patch because they made him a pirate i think that they just made him a pirate because he had a bad this eye. this guy had no clout are you kidding me <laughs> he didn't decide shit they said hey your eye's a glass eye period you're a pirate that's it vince is probably pining since the day this asshole came into the company like, With oh, the red Mountie shirt. Yeah, yeah, it's like, oh man, I, if I, this guy would be the best pirate. But I don't want to be a pirate! If only Jacques Rougeau would go away, yeah. we'll finally have a pirate. I, it was like Vince's dream, really. Because we know later there's a pirate in the WWF. And I would say that Jean-Pierre Lafitte is a much better pirate than Paul Burchill. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, I would say Paul Burchill was a little more swashbuckling. Yeah, he he had some swash to him. He could remember that time he swung in on a yeah, rope. That, I do. That's pretty cool. Now, was Katie Lee Burchill his sister or his girlfriend? 
I never could figure it out. Actually, like they they like seriously because I swear they said it was his his sister, but they were like dating. They were like fucking or something. I don't. Oh God, Jean Pierre Lafitte had good music. I didn't realize that. It's okay. I, you said it was good too. I mean, it was decent, but I, I'm not. Whatever. It, it's not. It's no Rushmore or anything. No, not Rushmore. Now Gorilla Monsoon goes on this rant. Yeah, about how Jean Lafitte was the yeah. ancestor of Jean-Pierre Lafitte, and he's a thief, and he's, like, so mad about it. He was a thief! Well, you're right about that. I mean, that's exactly what... Uh, he stole from the rich, and he kept it! I don't really get why we were delving into this. I guess because it's a challenge and you're bored. Jay and Gorilla yeah. were probably so freaking bored doing this. How many challenges do you think they taped in that day? Like four, probably yeah, four, something like that. This yeah, probably is, might have been the last one. I hope so. They were just they were like their coffee was almost out. Yeah, they're like enough of this yeah. already. <laughs> yeah. uh, I kind of like Pierre Jean Pierre Lafitte. He's, he's kind of underrated. He's okay. I mean, he was a pretty pretty good wrestler. Yeah, uh, he had that feud with Bret Hart in the same year. Yeah, and so. I know people make fun of it and rightfully so because he like stole Bret's jacket, but that's what a pirate would do. Yeah. In Makes sense. You well, know what I you know thief. what I kind of pair this with? What? Um and this is a good thing, I think, is that this feud was a lot like the Hakushi feud. Yeah. And actually those were two good wrestlers with bad gimmicks. Well, right. I, I think Hakushi's gimmicks His actually. Gimmicks okay. Cool. Yeah. But, but they're two wrestlers that were over gimmicked but could really work. Yeah, it's something that shouldn't have been as good as Brett and the wrestler were able to make it be. Right. In both cases. Yeah, because Brett was firmly entrenched in the mid card by ninety five. Mm. But he had this great feud with Hakushi, and then a great few with Jean Pierre Lafitte. He had a very bad few with Isaac Yankum, who thankfully we'll get to later. Don't you think it was just. I know. Isn't it such a damn shame right now that, like, Bret Hart is just sitting in the mid card so that Big Daddy Roman can, like, yeah. be all good? And, yeah. Like, it is. No, yeah, it sucks. It, it, it really. It's probably a lot of the reason why this is so bad. Right. Good thing they haven't done anything like that recently. No, they never would do that again. No, never. Yeah. So, anyway, top rope leg drop, not the cannonball, which was weird, gets the win. Now, that's Fandango's finisher, actually, which is funny. It is. And, Quinn, you said to me, that's how you do a leg drop. Right. We were, like, talking about the leg drop being, like, the worst ever or anything. Did right. Did we even it, put that in the Rushmore? I forget. I don't think Death we Valley. did. I don't think we did. I think Warriors Splash okay. did it out. But, like, that kind of, like, would be redeem the leg drop as a top rope leg drop. That looks like it actually That's hurt cool. somebody. Like, I yeah. agree. I totally yeah. agree with that. So then we get a clip of last week with Barry Horowitz beating Skip. Yes, again. As Sonny has very 90s hair, and she makes fun of the fat crowd. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah. It's from looking at all of you fat, out of shape, disgustingly ugly people. But we're really using some filler on the show, huh? Because, first of all, four-and-a-half-minute Jeff Jarrett video, and now we're just replaying something from last week? Well, like, really? Here's the thing. Last I, week? This What surprised me about this is that it happened on Challenge, because I didn't know that. Well, I saw, I saw it on it, Action Zone. Yeah, I saw it on Action Zone also. So I was like, I thought yeah. this was only on Action Zone. I don't know what that's all about. This is when Challenge, Challenge was literally... I didn't mention this at the beginning, Quinn, but you'll be interested to know this. Challenge was only about a month away from ending its format with having, like, matches and stuff. From late 95 until, like, mid-96 or whatever. Yeah. It was a recap show only. Weird. So we're on the last, like, month of Challenge being well, like this. it should have been a recap show. There's only, like, two matches on yeah, this. Yeah, like, it's horrible. Yeah. None of them are good. No. It's literally, like, two minutes of nothing every I match. I swear it's just matches that were left over from, like, Raw tapings. Maybe, or whenever like, they tape this, yeah. yeah. 
Exactly. It's from a bulk taping, and you can clearly tell that, like, <laughs> Gorilla and JR just had to, like, sit there and call shit. Well, they were probably in Connecticut. In oh, yeah, front of, of the course. green screen. In front of the green screen, just sitting there calling shit. Yeah. On, like, a Thursday afternoon, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, maybe Bruce Pritchard jumped in a couple times. Hey, you guys doing anything? Like, you want to go to Hardee's afterwards, or, you know? I don't think they have Hardee's in Connecticut. Well, whatever. Whatever they did. All right. Like, you can just see that they were clearly, like, this was done about 1130 in the morning. Probably something like yeah. that, yeah. Not a bad job, though, right? No, I would do it. I would do it, too. <laughs> now, Quinn, you noted to me, this whole thing with Barry Horowitz, the jobber, yeah. beating Skip, immediately made Skip junkie. Yeah, I think it's a shame, because Chris Candino, like, could have been a thing in, in WWE. Yeah. And I always felt that, like, he seemed, when he first came in, like, he had Sonny with him, and, like, he had this, like, I'm a, f- a fitness gimmick, so he's in good shape. It and was it, unique. And it was unique, and it was different, and he had decent music. Yeah, I mean, and but like, they were both charismatic. He seemed like he was being featured. Let's put it that way, right? For and a couple then, of months, whatever the hell happened, right? You know, part of me wants to say that Vince wanted to get Sonny. Vince away wanted from, Sonny. He wanted to get Tamara her away Murphy. from him. Maybe, but he wanted Sonny probably all along. He took Skip as a concession. I think right. He didn't see star on him, even though right. he was a good worker, which Great doesn't worker. make any sense. And then he said, "How can I devalue?" This skip guy, so right. that Sonny can move on, and I <laughs> yeah. can use her with what I want to do. Exactly. Like, and here we go. Here we go. So they were clearly going for the one, two, three kid thing, but it's Barry Horowitz. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. But this whole thing, what makes me sad is it's a real waste of Chris Candido. Yeah. Great worker. Great worker. Like he would have been a great mid-card intercontinental champion level. Well, if they also had imported the, like, badass version of him from ECW. Right. Where he's Instead like, of naming him Skip. Yeah, and he's got a hot girlfriend. Like, he was cool. Vince was just a little behind it on this. Because yeah. if this was the Attitude Era, let's say they had never been yeah. in WWF yet, right? Right. So let's say they're... If they were there, if they were in ECW for, like, a year or more. Right. Vince Russo... In 97, 98? Oh, he would have seen... He would have brought them in. Oh, man. And what? this would have mattered. Yeah. But Vince, in his mid-90s mentality, fucking... I'm going to blame it on Jim Cornette, even though he wasn't involved. He probably was involved, <laughs> though. <sighs> All right, so let's get back to this match here. So Skip does his stupid push-ups. Horowitz wins. The crowd did really love it. I'll give him that. Yeah, I know. It was great. But you know what sucked is Barry Horowitz didn't have the Hava Nagiva music yet. Not yet. That was awesome. Um, so Sonny gets <laughs> Sonny gets on the mic. Oh, this is good, by yeah, the way. This is funny. Oh, it's a fast count. It was not a fast There's nothing wrong with the count. Of course, she has a live mic after the match, right? And she's like, "He doesn't win." Like it was a fast count. It was a fast count. But and then like she's like walking back, but she still has the mic in her <laughs> she's hand. Yelling. And she's like, Do you believe this? <laughs> yeah. This isn't supposed to happen. Like she's just casually like time. talking on the way back. She's just yelling the whole way back. Yeah. And then we cut right to a very funny promo with Skip yelling, and that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and Skip's kind of saying most of the same stuff. What? He doesn't win. And then he like says that I want a rematch, right? Yeah. And then we fly back to Gorilla, and yeah. Gorilla's like, he doesn't deserve a rematch. I'm like, what the fuck? Fuck gorilla! Like that's how this is how wrestling works. You get a match, like you yeah. can fight a guy again. You can fight a guy again. So the thing about gorilla as a face color commentator, yeah, he's very annoying, and I love gorilla. But yeah. he oh, he's always like, ah, what a piece of work! Ah. Yeah, that's a piece of garbage. Yeah, like, exactly. All the heels. He's so grumpy. And, yeah, <laughs> he's not fair anymore. Yeah. Anyway, so we go to a great vignette. It, <laughs> it's. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. It's Isaac Yankum's office with King just sitting there. Or Kane's office. Yeah, actually, they should have called him Nova Kane. Yeah, you had no, you had said that. I think that's a really thank you. I have to give you props on that. That's thank a good you very name. much, Nova Kane. Yeah. So anyway, so King, the, it's kind of funny because mm-hmm. like Isaac Yankum, the whole deal with him, folks, if you don't know, is he's like a dentist, right? It's Kane, right. but he's got shitty like ramen noodle blonde hair, <laughs> and he's got bad teeth. He does look like he has noodles on his head. He does, oh. and he's got bad teeth, and he's a dentist. So that's irony. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Yeah. But anyway, so the best part, though, it is a funny visual because you have King, like, yeah. just sitting there being, like, so He looks douchey. weird. He yeah. does look weird. So anyway, so they go into this whole thing about, like, King's like, hey, who's your favorite wrestler? <laughs> yeah. To this lady in the dental okay, chair. I have a question for you. Was that a lady or a man with, like, long hair? No, that was a lady. I couldn't tell. I'm it serious. It was a lady. Come on. Are you sure? I don't know, but I'm not sure, but I think this promo ends with, like, rape or something. No, he just drills into her teeth and, <laughs> like, like, very he- Suggestively, like lawsuits. Like, it's not good, Quinn. Indoor. Open wide. If I recall, there was a very hard cut to the next match, yes. and it's it's something, all right. Oh God, Fantasio, the 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 what? once and only match of Fantasia. First of all, what in the <laughs> ass were they thinking with Fantasio? He's a magician. Why? Because they, they, I mean, you got plumbers and like all these people. Like <laughs> no. you got Duke the dumpster. You need a magician. You need every profession, Joe. The thing about Fantasio is he was never anything that mattered. Like literally ever. Like he was this guy. His name was Harry Del Rios. Yeah, he literally did nothing. He was in TNA for like a second. What? How did he make it to in TNA? like O two when it didn't matter? Oh God! But this whole shit, basically, folks. This is what I want you to imagine. It's a guy that comes out with, like, a face mask, like a plastic mask over his face. Right. Right? So he and comes... And he looks like Sting, the, the, the black and white Sting. He has a black and white face paint, short hair. Yeah. Then he takes his face mask off, but, like, it's, like, attached to his mouth or something. Like, what was going on there? <laughs> so, first of all, I just have to note, when he takes the face <laughs> mask off, right, yeah. it's the same exact paint underneath, exactly like that time that Sting took the face mask off of him. Right. And it was the same paint underneath, which was didn't make any sense. But he takes the mask off, but the mask is attached to this, I want to say, like, streamers, <laughs> but they're, like, in his mouth, and he, like, pulls them out. And by the way, I gotta say, Gorilla is loving this. Gorilla's, like, like all in it. Yeah, he's like, oh, look at that. Look at all these magic tricks. Like, in he's like, all excited about it. I'm sure Robert yeah. Morello, the person, was like, this is fucking horrible. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is like an insult to wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I have to note, he's facing Tony DeVito. No who, relation. But however, to Danny DeVito. Tony DeVito, he looks a lot like Danny DeVito, <sighs> the wrestler. Here we go, Quinn. He's short, he's squatty. I am going to say that his name is not DeVito, it might be Tony. But that they just, they There's said, no way. you look like T- Danny DeVito, so we're going to call you Tony DeVito. You're just guessing. Well, he sucks. So we're going to get over it. Okay. Maybe he's related to Danny DeVito then because he's so small. Rhea Perlman. Yeah. So, so we, anyway. Maybe he's the, the child of Danny DeVito and Rhea Perlman. The crowd had no <laughs> reaction to Fantasio. Oh, man. It's like dead. And then when he pulls his mask off, they somehow get like negative quiet, except for one guy that claps. Yeah. No, yeah. There's a guy that's like, he thinks like, well, it's magic, so yeah. you have to clap. He gives like you the know? courtesy applause. Yeah. He also does a trick where, um, if you noticed, he has his hat and like a pyro goes off in the hat. 
Like it's really great. Yeah, but it's not. There's other tricks as the match goes on too. Earl Hebner's the ref, and the announcers have been. By the way, we didn't mention this. The announcers have been hyping the lumberjacks for the Diesel Sid match. Who cares? Show. Since when do we like care about the individual lumberjacks? Who gives like, a shit? It's just that they're there. Like yeah, who you don't care. You don't like. You don't hype. We're gonna reveal the lumberjacks. So. There's been, like, no wrestling in this match except maybe, like, a few body slams and a few punches. I'll it's tell you pretty what there bad. has been, what? Magic. <laughs> he starts, remember, like, the guy, yeah. like, he throws the guy to the ropes, and then he, like, makes more confetti or whatever come out of his hands. Right. And then, this is where the ma- match gets really weird. Yeah. So, like, DeVito is, like, turns around or something, and then he pulls his boxers <laughs> off to get the pin. Yeah. He pulls his, he sticks his hand in his tights yes. and pulls out his boxers, and they're, like, the heart kind, like, all comedically, right? Right, of course. Now, so would you say he really pulled the tights to win? No, because he didn't hold the tights when he was pinning. <laughs> he just pulled them off, and DeVito was like, wait, my underwear, and then he, yeah. like, pinned, he, like, schoolboys them or something, right? And then, but then he gets up, and then he looks at Earl Hepner, and then he st- puts his hand in his pants, and he pulls Earl's underpants off. And then Earl's underpants are like striped referee pants. And people wonder why Vince almost went out of business this in the is, mid-90s. This is some bullshit. But I blame Cornette, really. But Yeah, let's just blame Cornette. Yeah. Anyway, so we get a recap of the Lumberjacks and Sid. Who cares? Yeah, this is really... Rad Radford was one of them. Rad Radford. Uh, I saw the skip that they just devalued was yeah. in there, too. And the Heavenly Bodies Tatanka. were there. Great. I, I mean, yeah, it's thrilling members Quinn, here. This whole fucking Diesel Sid feud was horrible. It was really shit. I lived through it. You lived through it, right? It was right? one of the first feuds. It was awful. Like, yeah, it was really bad. I just felt like Sid never had a chance. Like, right. It was just like, he was just there to lose. He was a lose. loser. A lose, big loser. Lose to the guy that, you know, Roman Reigns, and they got to lose to him. Exactly. So we're in the ring here. This is from Raw, and we get a... About 350 people are chanting for Diesel <laughs> while Sid's talking, and Vince is like all proud. He's like, oh, listen to him chant! <laughs> listen to this! That's what Diesel brings to the ring! And Sid is the master and rule of the world. Did you know and, that? Yeah, he, of course, he's always the master and rule. And you know what? His hair is really shitty, Yeah, too. he's not the master and ruler of hair care at this His point. His hair is like... It's too short on the sides. It's like slightly different from later. It's a little puffy on the top. It's got I, some puff. I don't know. It's it's a little strange. And, <sighs> you know, then we go to our next match. Oh, here. God. The Allied Powers, who I actually liked yeah. as a kid. Big, big fan of that team as a kid. Yep. Luger and Bulldog. Against Tatanka and the unofficial Million Dollar Corporation member, Henry Godwin. Now, you had said something to me that actually sparked a memory. This yeah. is how Godwin turned face, right? Soon he tur- after. He turned against these guys. But he was. if you noted on commentary, they said he wasn't officially Correct. part in, in like the, the Million Dollar Corporation. Yeah. So what was it? They offered him the slot. He was slot, like an associate. And, then, and, then he, and they offered him the slot, and he said no, and that's how he turned face. You ever see Goodfellas? Uh, yeah. You know how Robert De Niro, Jimmy Conway, or Jimmy Burke in real life, he wasn't in the mafia. He was an associate. Right, because he was Irish, right? Correct. You couldn't, they couldn't officially, he wasn't made. I think he was he in wasn't the mafia. Ma- you couldn't be, a, no, he was an associate because you can't be in it if you're not Italian at all. Right. Same thing with Henry Godwin. He's a hog farmer. You can't be corporate if you're a hog farmer. Right. He's an but associate. I said they could have made him the secretary of like their agricultural division <laughs> or something like I mean, that that's a good spot for him. He knows about hog farming. Oh, God. And, you know, that's a ripe industry for the Million Dollar Man to it get is. into. I mean, it is. the Million Dollar Man's got investments all over the world. Well, How does he stay a Million Dollar Man? Quinn, you have to bring home the bacon. Right. 
And if he owns the bacon, he'll yeah. always bring it home. They get, they get it. Yeah. <laughs> We're joined in progress from Raw for this match. Speaking of filler. Yeah. Again, like shit that already has aired. They're basically getting ready and saying, like, this is going to be a recap show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, so we got Vincent King on commentary for <laughs> this one. Vince is so hyper. He's like, ah, so good at yeah. the World Wrestling Federation. Anything can happen in the World Wrestling Federation. Heel Tatanka, useless as usual. Yep. And I asked the question, where's Chief J Strongbow? <laughs> He's a face. He does not involved I, well, with this. I mean, isn't Tatanka like big friends with him? Not at this point. But Quinn, I asked the question, is this Raw like filmed in a warehouse or something? A barn? I feel like every Raw back then was filmed in a barn or, <laughs> or a high school jam. Or an aircraft hangar. Like, <laughs> yeah. What were they in? Yeah, what, I don't what, know. A garage? They, you know where they park like a bunch of classic cars? Like that's like... Jay what, Leno? Yeah, they just like moved them out of the way. It's like, put this ring here and here you can sit the board fans over here. You ever notice in these places too that the um like... The where the like front row is is like very thin, very thin. <laughs> yeah, on You're, certain sides of yes. it, like, and then other sides there's a couple of like <laughs> like chairs that go up. It's <sighs> very fair point. Yeah, Quinn, you liked heel Henry Gowan. I like this version with the yellow shirt. Um, he was pretty. He's okay. I mean, he he seemed pretty sinister actually. Like he was like this is this kind of fucked up. You don't like, like Confederate shirt? Confederate shirt from ninety seven. I'm not. I have no problem with Confederate. How about no shirt? shirt? It's the it's the face version that's crappy because then he's just a hillbilly Jim Redux. Or yeah, whatever. I like, know. That's, that's what I don't like about. It's like him. two hillbilly Jims with hillbilly Jim. Yeah, and a goat. <laughs> yeah, but then you know what the best is Southern, Southern Justice. Justice. Definitely, oh, God. it's so good. They're underrated. Yeah, not overrated. Oh yeah, not. Oh. They're not bad. They're good. They were indeed underrated. I, I think if Henry Godwin didn't get hurt, Southern Justice would have been like, dude. They would have been like awesome. They're big horses that look the like attitude. they can kick your ass. Okay, you know Jacob and Eli Blue at the beginning of the show. The basically the Godwins did that correctly with Southern right. Justice suits. Yeah. Exactly. It was the suits that made them. Right. But then they were like for hire, like they were better than APA. They were better than APA. Their name is good. Everything about them is good. I wish it didn't. There's something inscrupulous about them. Like you don't know if they're like. Inscrupulous. Unscrupulous? Is that what it is? Unscrupulous. Unscrupulous about them. Yes. I always, you know me. I, I don't mind. I, that's like my gimmick on this show. It's like I'll mess something up. But <sighs> you get okay. my point. Is like yeah. there's something shady about those guys. Like right. that they're gonna like you're hiring them, and it's not really on the up and up. No, no, no. Like, they don't do normal things. Yeah. They're not nice people or anything. Yeah. Anyway, Quinn Bulldog gets his power slam for the win with a fast count by Kyoto. Why? I don't know. Because he just. What is. Why, when we review stuff, there's like, we always know. There's a lot of fast counts. And it's always against the heel. Yeah, it's very strange. So we get a promo. (laughs) I'm trying. You're making me laugh. (laughs) From (laughs) making a difference, Fatu. This thing, Joe. We see his shitty childhood house and everything. Okay, and it makes you feel bad. However, briefly, as a kid, I didn't really, I just didn't get it. Like, I didn't either. Like, I was like, why is the head shrinker talking? Like, <laughs> but like, is he gonna like, he's making a difference, but like, by wrestling, by wrestling, like, is in he, colorful tights. Is like the money going to like the kids no. in the poor house what or whatever? Money? <laughs> I, I, he's not getting any money. Well, the he's, purse money when he, he wins the matches. He doesn't win. He won. Who? He beat jobbers. So he had, there was, there who cares? Mu- there must have been some purse money for the kids. Did he make a difference though? He never made a difference because <laughs> he was around for two seconds and one magazine article. <laughs> I mean, that's the most I remember of. He does say something awesome though. 
what is that, Quinn? He says there's no hope with dope, just like he's the Undertaker or something. <laughs> by the way, there's no... Doesn't he yeah. say, by the way? <laughs> yeah, no, well, this is the best part. He says, there's no hope in dope. Ask your friends. <laughs> and remember, there ain't no hope with dope. And if you don't know, you better ask somebody. What? Isn't it like kids do it all together? Your friends have done you, dope already. Your, your friends are going to be like, that's cool or whatever. You don't ask. Ask your parents. Yeah. Anyway, our next match here is Kama with the Urn Chain. <laughs> oh, we are, we are full bore into the, the Urn Chain around his neck. If you don't know, at WrestleMania 11, I, 11 Kama after, stole the Urn. Yeah. After mm-hmm. the Undertaker beat King Kong F- mm-hmm. Bundy. Fundy. Fundy, whatever his name is. <laughs> Uh, Kama like stormed away with the urn. He like he wrestled did. it away from Fat Paul Bear. <laughs> he ran away and then he melted it down to a chain that he wore around his neck. An obnoxiously large like, gold chain for like, for like a six year. months. Like, yeah, for a year, yeah, six months, and yeah, then it became bowling trophy urn. Yeah, well, that it was remelted back down after the Undertaker. <laughs> is, is that what it was? Real. It's canon, yeah. right? Yeah, he he melted it into a chain, and then the Undertaker he got it back and melted it back into an urn. That's dedication to your craft. Uh, that is. <laughs> what did he need the urn for? <laughs> Well, the power show. Remember the remember when the smog came out of it and all this. See, what I don't understand is the urn was just a container for the smog. Right. So when he melted it down, did like Kama get like infected or like or how did they get the smog back? Like what happened? I think he did because he eventually went on to become a pimp. Yeah. Well, you know what? He might have known a thing or two about handling the smog because he was a witch doctor briefly briefly very good point yeah very very good point so he's fighting chuck williams who cares who that is this is how much everyone cares about this match barry horowitz calls in calls in a challenge yeah what do you how bored do you have to be <laughs> to call in a challenge <laughs> it's challenge well really he fuck? called he called into like gorilla at like you know eleven thirty in the morning it's like how you doing gorilla <sighs> so he says his life has changed since beating skip his life has changed a triple, yeah, this is great. A triple 360, which means nothing. It, it means, means he would just go back. He would have to do a triple 180. Honestly, he would only have to do a single 180 for it to yeah. change. Even a 90. Yeah. yeah. A one. Yeah. It still changed a little bit. Yeah. A triple 360 means you're just spinning around doing nothing. And you know what's weird about that? He says that to Gorilla, right? Yes. And Gorilla says, that's great. But if you recall, Gorilla, Gorilla used to always comment when people fucked up the 360 No, Jesse thing. did. Oh, on, Gorilla, on Gorilla, yes. Gorilla so, used to you're fuck right, it up. You're right. I so apologize. it actually yeah. makes sense that Gorilla didn't pick up on That's it. That's actually some good continuity if you think <laughs> about it. So he Gorilla again calls Sonny at Motormouth and then He really like loves calling out Sonny, doesn't he? Like this is the, yeah. not the first time. And it's weird to me. I said this while we were watching it. It's weird to be watching something where Gorilla Monsoon is on commentary while Sonny exists. exists in period yeah it's weird right what a well, weird bridge we're but at. then again he was the president much of Sonny's time in into the World 97 federation yeah. yeah but they never really had any direct interaction no. i never until this pretty much i never really heard gorilla make a comment about Sonny. i never heard him say the word Sonny. yeah anyway so barry horowitz blathers on that's how highly they think of Kama. Yeah, is- Kama's getting talked over by the jobber, Barry Horowitz, right. who just won a match. Now, Quinn, I noticed this here. Kama already doesn't have that white shirt on under his red singlet. I feel like that was super brief, Joe. You were mem- re- remembering that like it was like his whole run. It was most of his first I re- six months. Because I remember a lot. It was all about those tattoos he had on his, you know I what I mean? I don't know, like, Quinn. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. You know, I, you know pimping ain't easy, though. Yeah, I know it isn't. That's I said that. And you know what else? Yeah. Kama wins with a punch. Oh, my God, this. So he 
punches the guy right but then he sing- signals for like a something he puts like he does like the, the chris benoit voldemort thing or the like, undertaker uh, yeah, like or the you're undertaker gonna die on the neck thing yeah but he just goes for the pin right after that and he wins and he wins as mora would say lateral press yeah he goes for basically is his finisher the lateral press that's a great finisher. Someone should have done that. Yeah, that's pretty good. I didn't even realize this, Quinn, that DiBiase was at ringside until, like, after the match when Kama and DiBiase are, like, going back. Well, D- Kama ha- had the Million Dollar Man music when he came out. But I didn't see DiBiase. I guess he just like made me... Yeah. crappy brown suit. But anyway, Kama and DiBiase on their way back, they run into... Remember this, folks? Yeah. The creatures of the night, which are two <laughs> shills or plants. <laughs> this is so stupid. They're two shills. Well, okay, here's the thing. They knew Did- the stunk Granny. Did you notice? <laughs> and the kid yeah, that had his autograph yeah. book torn up. Did you notice the way they're sitting, like, yeah. and the way they have no pigment pigment in their skin? Like in Canada, are they supposed to be like corpses that were just planted there because their eyes are closed? Did you notice this too? Yeah, don't they not react to anything? They don't. They're just sitting there. They don't look. They're not. Their eyes don't open. They might be dead people. Do you think they're supposed to be dead? Well, okay, this is my thinking in canon. The Undertaker is an Undertaker, right? Which means he has access to corpses because he has to, you know, undertake. Now, did you so, just think of all this now or yeah, before? I just thought of it right now. Okay, good. But, like, he has to undertake, so he has access to the corpses. He has to undertake. So, you know, maybe he just left this this hus- this dearly departed husband and wife just sitting there he put them he put them in like black turtlenecks and stuff and like he you know he laid them down or paul bear did it because he's like his assistant <laughs> and then he put the wreath there and then you know oh, kama God. was walking back that that had to be what it was right i yes you're yeah. right you know what actually you're right that's actually what it was okay well anyway back to the live event <laughs> center with stephanie bathroom <laughs> yeah I've had about enough of Stephanie bathrobe in right. this, in all honesty. she You said to be Quinn, she looks like a teacher. She's so remarkably normal looking for <laughs> yeah. someone on TV. I meant, what I meant by remarkably normal looking is like usually like with television, anything, like you usually cast people that like stick out in a crowd, right? Sure. But with Stephanie Wind, it's just like, I just don't get it. Like, what is supposed to make me excited about anything when, like, my mom's telling me that the wrestling's <laughs> coming to town? Michael? Yeah. You want to watch the wrestling? Right. will be here soon. I that's, know. That's my impression of your mom. Yeah. But this is what I think <laughs> of Stephanie Wine. We get a very bad DiBiase and Sid promo. Sid's all calm, and then he yells about his mastering and ruling of the world, blah, blah. Did Diesel- you know this happen already? Like, what? I don't know why there's so much Sid. Yeah. You now, my friend, have to meet the master. <laughs> The ruler of the world! <laughs> Finally, we see Diesel, and he does a very Roman Reigns promo. Yeah, it's like, I'm the coolest. <laughs> it's Come the see same me, kids. Thing. Yeah. I swear, it's like a Roman Reigns promo. Yeah. Now, Sid, everybody knows that you're a champion in their own right. The 40-yard dash. So, Quinn, we get a very nice recap of the WWF at the Special Olympics, and it was a very tastefully done little package. There are a couple of minutes. They showed various superstars with people working out for the Special Olympics. The one thing I did notice, though, is what? the one two three kid? Yeah, his hair was very Texas yeah, tornado. His hair was really ridiculous. That's the one thing I picked up on. But it was overall, so puffy. It was like, it was like to- tornado. Yeah, what was his he deal? Looked like Carrie Von Eric. It well, was weird. You know what I liked about it though? It was like it reminded me of like the Big Help Nickelodeon. Yeah, like it was very it was like nineties nice. and like how like people like got together and helped people out. So like I thought it was actually a really good clip. Yeah, it was nice, nice, tastefully done. But next week, Quinn, we get Waylon Mercy. <laughs> 
Why I, couldn't we get him this week? I have to say, I was actually disappointed yes. when they said Whale and Mercy next week because I love Whale and Mercy. I like, know, me too. I think he's like one of the like most underrated things ever in the WWE. I agree with you. I big fan of Whale and Mercy, and that's it for the show. Gorilla and Jr. Tell us to get out of here. Basically, they're like, "That's it. Goodbye." Yeah. Basically. Uh, enough, you know, <laughs> and thank you. And so thanks a lot, Richard Land, for bestowing this upon us. This was something. Um, yeah, it was something. Definitely not the worst. but um, No, definitely not. Pretty entertaining. It was. But, um, the dying days of challenge. The dying days of challenge and the rise of Diesel. <laughs> if you want to call it a rise, yeah, yeah sure. It was running on empty at that point. Get it? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so folks, we thank you so much for being with us as we go through the world of retro wrestling. It's been great to be with you these past three seasons, so thank you for joining us for season four. Yeah. We will be back, of course, next week, Monday, May 22nd, with more deep diving, more Rushmore and Death Valley, and another thing to review. And in the meantime, you can, of course, reach us on Twitter at OVP Podcast. If you have any suggestions for anything for us to talk about, we're happy to hear from you. Yeah, we love to hear from you fans you can go on the website ovppodcast.com the facebook group all that stuff and you know of course get us in the normal places get us in the normal places folks we are happy to be with you talking about the world of retro wrestling we'll be sure to do that again next week so until then have a great rest of your day and have a great rest of your week we will see you next week see ya I Barry can't believe Horowitz. it! Of all people, Perry Horowitz. Last week, what happened? It was a fluke. Perry Horowitz would never be anybody in your life. Never. I never lost much less than someone like you. Look at this shape I'm in. I don't lose. Do you Take understand what I'm talking about? And I want a rematch, and I want it right now. You don't understand? Look at the guy. Look at me. I don't lose, especially to somebody like you, Barry Horowitz. And I'm telling you right here, I want a rematch, and I want it now. That's right. Well, folks, Skip really bent out of shape, but you know what, Jr. Will you stop?